time, folks.
You're listening to CJSW 9.9 FM, broadcasting live from the University of Calgary campus on Treaty 7 land. This is Ben Goodman. This is episode 50 of What's Your Niche? Yes, indeed, episode 5-0. And I have a packed show planned for you in the 8 a.m. hour. We'll have on returning guest Abdi, a.k.a. Buccal Theft, and first-time guest Mandy, a.k.a. Ponzi, the co-founders of the Ambient Collective, talk about their upcoming show happening at Spanic Arts on Saturday, March 2nd, headlined by Toronto's own Pep Rally founder, one of the co-founders anyway, of Cream Olin Ash. We'll get into all of that and more in the ADM Hour with Abdi and Mandy. Then, if that was enough, at 9 a.m., we have another guest, CGSW music director and host of the Future Language, which, in case you don't know, airs every Friday, 2 to 4 p.m., celebrating its 10-year anniversary this May. It's the great Helen Young. Helen is going to share with you some of her seminal favorite albums, the albums she discovered and loved as a burgeoning music fan between the ages of 15 to 25, which are really peak years for getting into music. Dems are really making an impact for you. Uh, it's Helen talking in depth about the music she loves, which she rarely gets a chance to do on her own show, as she tries to always pack her show with as many amazing songs as she can. But now, hear what makes CGSW's own Helen tick. The music that brought her to the future language and CGSW. You'll hear that at 9 a.m. Before I go forward, I just want to make a brief note. I want to wish a happy birthday to a loyal listener and friend of the show, Theo Nelson. Happy birthday. You're the best. 
appreciate the support and have a wonderful, hope you have a wonderful day. Before I ter- tell you what you what you heard to start off the program, apparently very faintly, in which that was my that was a vinyl record. It's the best I can do. I'm sorry, I'm yelling at text line. Uh, What's your niche? Is always proudly sponsored by the Establishment Brewing Company, located forty four oh seven First Street Southeast in the heart of the Manchester Brewing District. The twenty twenty three winner of both Alberta Brewery of the Year and Best in Show, and the twenty twenty one Canadian Brewery of the Year. In the next couple hours, I'll share a great new release that the establishment has, so stay tuned for that. But if you want the latest on all the happenings and goings-on, learn about the new releases as soon as they're ready to go. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook at EST Brew, or go to establishmentbrewing.ca and sign up for their mailing list. So what turned to start off the show? You're every vinyl crackle, and that was very intentional, and I thought it was a fun way to start the show, but maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, it's something I've been wanting to do for a while. I open every show with Ralph Burns' opening fan for the 1979 film All That Jazz, one of the best movies ever, one of my favorite movies ever, directed by Bob Fosse. The opening fanfare with Roy Scheider saying it's showtime, folks. It then leads into the George Benson song on Broadway, as the opening song of the film, or one of the first scenes, I should say, is Roy Scheider's Joe Gideon character doing Broadway tryouts on stage, which is such a perfect way to open a film. Over the summer, I guess I did the fanfare leading to on Broadway on episode 31, which was on June 15th. I did that as well, but that was those were MP3 files. For the first time, and maybe the last time, because I don't know how, apparently that didn't turn out that good. But uh, I've played it off my own vinyl copy of the All That Jazz soundtrack, so I hope every crackle kicked your morning off right, which I wrote, but I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, I'm just aggrieved here. Now for the first proper set of this show, I'm going to do a set featuring four of my favorite artists, four artists I talk about and play more than any other. I'm talking about Bob Dylan. Lou Reed, John Cale, and Warren Zevon. I have played a wide assortment of their music on my show over the past couple of years, and I'll continue to. So this next set will include songs I've yet to play by all four of them, starting with from Bob from 1981's Shot of Love, his 21st studio album, and the last of his trilogy of Christian or uh, Born Again albums. Though this song isn't really about that. It's a song about Lenny Bruce. Which, by the way, I just realized the movie Bob Fosse directed before All That Jazz was Lenny, in fact, starring Dustin Hoffman as, of course, in All That Jazz. There's the recurring plot line of the Joe Gideon character editing his own version of Lenny as he stages the Broadway musical. This was honestly not planned, you know? I'm not that good. I, I can't I don't plan this stuff. I mean, I plan it, but just that was a happy coincidence, let's just say. Proof that all my faves are connected This Bob Dylan song, Lenny Bruce, I find it equal parts moving and also pretty funny. Uh, All Bob lyrics deserve deep study, which is why there are university courses about Bob from now until the end of time. But this song in particular, uh, it is so fascinating and uh, funny to me. It's kind of a precursor to the song Roll On John, which Bob would do on the Tempest album, which was a song about John Lennon. This song's even kind of goofier, honestly. I'm gonna. I'm also gonna warn you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cut in during the song to break down a specific line. So prepare for that. 
So here it is for episode 50 What's Your Niche. Here is the mascot of What's Your Niche. The artists I've certainly talked about and played and devote episodes to more than anyone else. And I'll continue to Bob Dylan with Lenny Bruce on CJSW 90.9 FM on episode 50 of What's Your Niche. So again, I, as promised, I'm breaking into this line. Let me just, in case you didn't pick up on this song, this song's called Lenny Bruce by Bob Dylan. Uh, this, again, a song about Lenny Bruce. It's very memorial, how much he was a hero to Bob. This is hit the line. I'd rode with him in a taxi once, only for a mile and a half, seemed like it took a couple of months. What do you think Bob means by that line? To me, it sounds negative. Like, is that supposed to be how much you revere Lenny Bruce, Bob? 
a mile and a half and a taxi ride took a couple of months? I haven't had, even I haven't had Uber drives, I don't feel like. What What are you talking about? Well, I don't understand that line. If you Tell me what you think it means at 403-220-3991. Let's break down this line together, shall we? Now, anyway, here's the rest of Lenny Bruce.
in our rooftop garden. In our rooftop garden. In our rooftop garden. Oscillate Electronic Music Collective is thrilled to bring Richard Devine to Calgary for a mind-expanding afternoon music workshop and a brain-bending evening electronic performance. Sync, Sound Image Conference, Beta, at the Freemasons Hall on February 24th will feature workshops for sound and visual artists in the afternoon and an evening performance. For the evening performance event, Saunas Arcanum. Oscillate brings you Atlanta's own Richard Devine, as well as a ton of other great artists like Jay Michael, Loki, Solier, Jonathan Crane, as well as a DJ set by Jack Ryan to finish off the night. For tickets to Sync Sound and Image Conference, visit oscillate.ca or go to showpass.com now.
sadness in the heart of things CJSW 9.9 FM. This is What's Your Niche with Ben Goodman. I am Ben Goodman. Uh, no false advertising here. You just heard a set of music of four of my favorite artists, four artists that I've talked and played probably more than any other in the history of the show, which has only been 50 episodes. We're in, this is the 50th episode. Uh, you just heard the late, great Warren Zevon with The Heartache from 1987's Sentimental Hygiene. The sixth album by Warren, the album that features uh, uh, REM members Bill Berry, Peter Buck, and Mike Mills backing Warren. Uh, the Heartache also features Waddy Wachtel on acoustic guitar. Waddy being a member of the famous L.A. session music collective called The Family, which is spotlighted in the great documentary called Immediate Family, the film by Denny Tedesco, past guest on What's Your Niche? The film played uh, last year's Calgary International Film Festival is now available on demand, which you can find out more information at, about at immediatefamilyfilm.com. Highly recommend it. Uh, the Heartache also features Jennifer Warnes on harmony vocals. Incredible talent who you might know best from Up Where We Belong, the Oscar-winning duet with Joe Cocker for An Officer and a Gentleman, written by Buffy St. Marie and Will Jennings. Warren's also has albums of her own interpreting uh, Leonard Cohen songs, which I highly recommend. And Leonard was actually a big supporter of Jennifer Warren's, which I thought was very cool. Before that, you had my boy, the Welsh madman himself, John Bygod Kale, with Dead or Alive from 1981's Honey Sot, the album produced by Mike Thorne, who is a legend in his own right. Let me break this down very quickly. Mike Thorne produced the first three albums by Wire. Talking about Pink Flag, Chairs Missing, and 154. And also Mike Thorne produced Soft Cell's cover version of Tainted Love. Undeniable. Pony Salt is also one of John Kill's uh, most underrated albums, I feel. And I love how Dead or Alive starts with that kind of that beautiful trumpet by John Gatchel. John uh, John Gatchel also who often worked with Paul Simon. And Simon considered Gatchel one of the finest session players he knows. And that is saying something for someone who's worked with everybody. Before that, we have my other boy, Lou Dog himself, Lou Reed. 
with Rooftop Garden from 1983's Legendary Hearts. I love 80s Lou, and I think Legendary Hearts is a wonderful album. The period of time when Lou was working with Robert Quine with a Q, uh, the amazing guitar player who was so influential. No less of an authority, as uh, Lester Bang said about Robert Quine's playing, and I quote, He was the first guitarist to take the breakthroughs of early Lou Reed and James Williamson of the Stooges and work through them to a new individual vocabulary driven into odd places by obsessive attention to on-the-corner era Miles Davis, end quote. Highly recommend looking into his work, Robert Quine. It was also Fernando Sanders, the longtime Lou collaborator, bass player, and a lot of the 80s on the feature kind of really unique bass kind of driven songs. Such a singular sound for that period. Um, and then we start off kick, keeping this 80s period going with the mascot of Western Age, Bob Dylan with Lenny Bruce, 1981 Shaw of Love. I, I came in the song midway to ask what... The line where Bob says, um, I rode with him in a taxi once only for a mile and a half. Seemed like it took only a couple months. I asked what that meant because I kind of found it like, was that insulting or whatever? But someone from the tax line texted and thinking, saying that they always felt it was about the long impact of such a short moment, which that's actually a really fun way to think about it. it kind of changed the song for me. Now let's get into a song that I've been playing a lot this year for some reason. I don't really know beyond that kind of guess I'd rediscover it. Almost Doesn't Count is a song by Brandy from 1998's Never Say Never, which I know this is quite an, uh, an abrupt shift from what I've been playing, but since this is episode 50, I feel like this is like an accurate representation of my show, the wild turns it can take. It's just, it's just, it's just stuff I'm into. It's my niches. That's, that's what kind of falls under that umbrella Almost doesn't count as this almost um, kind of countryish ballad, but done with amazing late 90s R&B production by Fred Jerkins, who is actually the brother of Rodney Jerkins, a.k.a. Dark Child, who I must mention, the long-running CJSW hip-hop program Dirty Needles last Friday did a tribute to Rodney Jerkins' Dark Child as they're spotlighting important producers for Black History Month. And, a, and I highly recommend going back and listening to the episode. I think Fridays at 9 p.m. is when their show usually is on. I mean, it's, uh, I mean that's your time slot, I should say. You can go back on demand on the CCW website and check that out. Uh, as all that music they played from Dark Child was so nostalgic to hear. He doesn't get his due. And that also goes with his brother, Fred Jerkins. I also must mention that um, the song being a bit country, that's no accent. As actually Mark Wills in the year 2000... In the year 2000, two years after Brandy's version covered it and turned Almost Doesn't Count into a top 20 country hit, which is fun to think about. And, and it was quite commonplace in the 90s and early 2000s, actually. Nobody Knows, you know, that famous one-hit wonder by the Tony, Tony Rich Project was later covered by Kevin Sharp. And that was a big country hit. And also Brian McKnight's Back at One was being was also covered. And guess what? It was also covered by Mark Wills. A year later, this dude, Mark Wills, he sure loved covering R&B songs and turning them into countries. Because Wills' version of Back to One was a number one Canadian country hit and number two in the U.S. Unreal. 
Brian McKnight wrote back at one, so I know he was just thinking, Ka-ching! Uh, please cover my song some more, Mark. Uh, it's a hit in two different genres on two different shirts. Uh, thank you very much. Shout out to Brian McKnight, but also shout out to Brandy. So it's funny to get to Almost Doesn't Count from 1998's Never Say Never. And yes, Brandy beat Justin Bieber to that phrase by a solid 10 years on CSW 90.9 FM. Maybe I'll be here 
Listen live or play back your favorites on the CJSW app, available for Android and iOS.
Sears W 9.9 FM. What's your niche? Ben Goodman near the top of the hour. I'm using the Just Blaze production. Come on, baby, which was a song by the rapper Saigon, forgotten rapper. But I like this beat because it samples Jay Giles' band. Shout out to Peter Wolf. Jay Giles' band, they deserve their deal. They're not. They're more than centerfold. They're more than freeze frame. Jay Giles' band, we support you here. What's your niche? Peter Wolf's solo albums are incredible, too. Who am I, Yawn Winner? Okay, Ty, Ty Siegel's what you just heard. From the album Three Bells, which just came out last month. That was a song, Danae, a song about his wife, and who's a frequent collaborator and co-wrote like five songs on Three Bells. I must mention Three Bells beyond being my favorite album of the year so far. And yes, I know it's only two months in the year, but... Uh, I interviewed Ty Siegel on the January 25th episode of this very show, episode 48... So you want to hear my interview with Ty Sieg where he discusses Three Bells in, in length and how it came to be and other fun topics. Go back to the CW archive or the CW app to check that out. This one get you hyped in the morning, you know? This one get you hyped listening to this. It's fight music. Brandy before that almost doesn't count from 1988's Never Say Never. Produced by Fred Jerkins, Dark Child's brother, as mentioned last break. Now, before we get to the back, before we get to the news at the top of the hour, and, we, and the, the more extravaganza for episode 50, including at 8 a.m., my interview with Abdi and Mandy, a.k.a. Buchel Theft and Ponzi, talking about the March 2nd show at Hispanic Arts. I'm going to play a song from a genuine friend of the show. Genuine friend of the show, Lars Finberg. Of the intelligence, uh, who I interviewed uh, last year, uh, last June, on Honor and a Thrill. His album, you talked a bit about it, Now Squirm, the intelligence album. It's out, fully out in, right now. Cannot recommend more highly. I won't go on about it that much right now because I hope to have Lars again on in the near future. But for episode 50, I wanted to spotlight Lars Finberg in one way. That interview might be my favorite interview in the history of the show so far. And the work he's been doing with this new iteration of the intelligence demands attention, doesn't get enough attention, and Lars is just, he's doing it. He's doing it. The song is called Yes. It's the last track off Now Squirm, which is self-released. It's on every streaming service. It's on Bandcamp. Please check it out. We love the intelligence here at CGSW and What's Your Niche. 100% 100% approval rating for Lars Finberg, that one of the nicest guys in rock. And, you know, the rock genre sometimes doesn't have the nicest people. But Lars, they broke the mold when they made Lars. Here's a yes by the intelligence. And I'll talk to you again after the news. I said, I'm gonna hang myself. 
A picture in an art space that I made for you to submit my love. The only choice is to kill myself for growth. I said the only choice is to kill myself for growth. Burn or cherish me, you know I was born with growth.
This is the BBC News, broadcasting live in Calgary every weekday morning on CJSW 90.9 FM. Hello, this is Julie Candler, BBC News. The Albanian parliament has approved a controversial deal that will see migrants who've been trying to get to Italy brought to Albania to have their asylum claims processed. Italy will run two centres, an arrangement that's angered Albanian opposition leaders who say it impinges on sovereignty. Guy Delorni reports. The goal is to process each person's asylum claim within a month and 3,000 people are going to be in Albania at any given time who've claimed asylum in Italy and if they're taking a month each, well, that could be 36,000 people a year going through Albania despite the fact they've actually claimed asylum from Italy. Eddie Rama has said Albania would not have made a deal with any country other than Italy. He describes Italy as being a sister country, whereas he considers the rest of the European nations cousin countries. The Taliban authorities in Afghanistan say they've publicly executed two men convicted of murder in a football stadium. They said the men were executed by multiple gunshots in Ghazni city in eastern Afghanistan. Anbarasanati Rajan reports. Thousands of men had converged to witness the executions, along with the families of the victims in eastern Afghanistan. The Taliban said the death warrants were signed by their supreme leader, Haipatullah Akunsada. Thursday's executions are reported to be the third time the Islamist group had meted out the death penalty since it seized power in August 2021. The latest public executions suggest the Taliban rulers will continue to ignore international demands not to carry out torturous, cruel and degrading forms of punishment. A court in Spain has sentenced the Brazilian footballer and former Barcelona star Dani Alves to four and a half years in jail for rape. He was convicted of assaulting a woman in the toilet of a Barcelona nightclub in 2022. His lawyer says he'll appeal. Campaigning for parliamentary elections in Iran has begun with a week to go before voting. Iranians will also be electing new members of the Assembly of Experts, which appoints Iran's supreme leader. These are the first elections since protests triggered by the death of the Kurdish-Iranian woman Masa Amini in the custody of the religious police. Our Middle East analyst is Sebastian Usher. For months after the death of Masa Amini in September 2022, the theocratic system in Iran was shaken to its foundation. But using the tried and trusted methods of brutal repression, the authorities finally put down the demonstrations demanding radical political and social reform. Despite that threat to the decades-old system, there's little sign that the election on March 1st will reflect that thirst for change. Conservative hardliners are expected to retain their control of parliament amid widespread political disaffection. World news from the BBC. President Zelensky said Ukraine's forces continue to hold positions on the Russian-controlled side of the Dnipro River, despite Moscow's claims to the contrary. Ukraine recaptured the area around the settlement of Krinky in October, the most significant incursion since Russia seized a swathe of territory at the start of the war. But a respected American think tank, the Institute for the Study of War, has written of recent Russian advances there. Poland's Prime Minister Donald Tusk has said border crossings with Ukraine will be listed as part of the country's critical infrastructure to ensure Ukraine-bound military and humanitarian aid isn't delayed. 
The move, expected shortly, follows blockades by Polish farmers. They say cheap Ukrainian grain is damaging their livelihoods and want EU tariffs reintroduced. The dispute is damaging Ukraine's export revenues. China says it signed agreements to send pandas to a zoo in San Diego on the United States' west coast, signalling a new chapter in Beijing's use of so-called panda diplomacy. More from our Asia-Pacific editor, Celia Hatton. Pandas are so popular around the world that they're seen as a way for Beijing to improve its global image. For decades, Beijing loaned the bears as a sign of goodwill. It's the only country in the world to have a native giant panda population. But in recent years, Beijing declined to extend the loan periods for pandas in the U.S. and other Western nations. Now, as relations improve, pandas will be sent to San Diego and to the Spanish capital, Madrid. The organisers of the London Marathon say this year's race will be the first in the world to offer equal prize money in elite wheelchair and able-bodied categories. Winners across all disciplines in April's event will receive $55,000. Organisers said it was the latest step to make London the most diverse and equitable marathon globally. BBC News. CJSW 90.9 FM broadcasts the latest updates from the BBC at 7, 8 and 9 every weekday morning. We're back, ready for round two.
You are listening to CJSW 90.9 FM broadcasting live from University of Color Campus on Treaty 7 land. This has been Goodman. This is hour two of What's Your Niche, episode 50. Send in the clowns. That's Grace Jones' rendition of the Stephen Sondheim classic from her debut album, Portfolio, from 1977. I'm not going to have a long intro. It's frankly, I don't have enough time. You know, I don't got enough time. As I'm about to play my interview with Abdi, a.k.a. Buchel Theft, and Mandy, a.k.a. Ponzi, the co-founders, co-presidents, co-everything of the Ambient Collective, who have a show coming up on Saturday, March 2nd, at Spanic Arts, headlined by Pep Rally's very own Kareem Owen ash Coming in from Toronto... My goodness. You'll get more information about the event and Abby and Mandy in just a little bit. But first, what your niece is always proudly sponsored by the Establishment Brewing Company located at 4407 First Street South, East in the heart of the Manchester Brewing District. The 2023 winner of both Alberta Brewery of the Year and Best in Show for that I Left My Wool in El Segundo and the 2021 Canadian Brewery of the Year. Next hour, I'm going to share with you an exciting new release, release that Assam's just put out, whose name is sort of tied to the topic of the third hour, when I'm having on CJSW's own, the host of the Future Language every Friday at 2 to 4 p.m., Helen Young, to talk about some of her favorite records. What is the tie-in? Stay tuned for the 9 a.m. hour for that and my interview with Helen. But if you want to learn more about the establishment, follow them at Instagram and Facebook at EST Brew or sign up for the mailing list at establishmentbrewery.ca. I'm about to play a pre-recorded interview, but I'll continue to be in the booth. So please, text me. Text me. I'm desperate. I'm not desperate. Not that much. Uh, 403-220-3991. I would love to hear from you. I think every episode at this hour, I get desperate and say, text me. And that's very needy and pathetic, and I don't want to do that. That's not going to be a tradition, I promise you. Um, Just to pivot just a bit uh, more serious for a second... <clears throat> I also want, I definitely want to note the passing of one of the legends of not just CJSW, but the Calgary music scene as a whole in Dr. Paula Fairman, host of the Thursday night show Noise, which has been an institution for 31 years. I've only been um, a volunteer programmer at CJSW since the summer of 2021, so a relatively short amount of time in the grand scheme of things. But the interactions I had with Paula where she radiated kindness through every pore of her and always remembered my name, even if it only been like many months in the time since I last saw her. Um, I know Paula's passing at this moment, even as one of the last times I saw her actually was when Abdi uh, Buchelfest was doing a DJ set at the Lighthouse, the electronic music show that followed noise up until uh, very recently. Paula stuck around at the, the, around the station after her show and uh, seeing her come in and out of the on-air booth, bobbing her head as Abby was playing this loud, deconstructed club music, and was so supportive of him. And the uh, like, uh, Abby brought an entourage of a lot of these people, and just everyone was dancing and having fun. And she was she was fully on board with everything, and it really touched me. Because all she wanted to see was creativity and positive energy. She touched so many people and artists in Calgary over the three decades, and I'm grateful. We crossed paths when we did, as every interaction I had with her was a true highlight. I also want to mention uh, the great Steve Russell, who's been holding down noise for the past few months, 
and making Paula proud, I can assure you. So I urge you to listen to Noise Tonight at 8.30 on CSW for what Steve has. And in the coming weeks, as I know, CSW uh, has some amazing memorial programming planned about Paula, which will be must-listen. So once again, Dr. Paula Fairman, rest in peace. You are the greatest. On that note, I want to let, let's get into my interview with Abby and Mandy. That was just conducted a few days ago. So, you know, I'm going to stop talking. Let's get, let's get into it on CSW 9.9 FM. Are you doing anything on March 2nd, 2024, which is the year we're in? Well, I've got to tell you. Even if you have something, cancel those plans and come to Spanic Arts for Ambien's uh, big event. I'm going to talk all about it with the founders of Ambien. We have a past and future guest, Abdi, a.k.a. Buccal Theft. Hello. Hello. Third time on the show. I'm like a veteran at this point, so... I'm, I'll be here back again, I'm sure, at some point, and I yeah, love it each that's time. What, that's right, past and future guest, you know. Yeah. Well, but look at and that, but now we have return, or not returning. Your first time, the other founder, Mandy. Hello. And what's your DJ name? I go by Ponzi. When Ponzi I'm the controllers. What is the origin of Ponzi? Well, it just kind of comes from the phrase ponzi scheme that's what i was thinking it puts a fun spelling and yeah yeah and then i just changed the spelling and left it at that everybody hated it at first <laughs> all my friends told me to change it <laughs> <laughs> but i just couldn't think of anything and i had a show to play so i just kind of left it but i think like it kind of grew it stuck. and it, yeah it, it grew and it, and it just like works because i feel like I, I can't really see you as like any other dj name now other than ponzi I'm still thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hated it at first. I didn't I didn't like it, but like it it, it grew on me. I know, and that yeah. really hurt my feelings. So I still have a notes app. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know what? It's a grower and it works perfectly now. And it's a, and you a shower up to Ambient March second. Yeah. So tell me a bit about let's just go over the lineup right now, we'll break it down. Mm-hmm. DX style. Who is playing the show March second? The ambient show. Should uh, you introduce the headliner? Yes. So uh, we got the wonderful opportunity to have uh, Kareem Alden Ash yes. from Toronto, who is the co-founder of Pep Rally. And uh, Pep Rally Which is, is huge, influential. Yes. Yeah. Like, I think when, like, me and Mandy were kind of, like, um, like, starting this together, I think Pep Rally was kind of, like, was unlike. And in our about- mood board, yeah, it was like the, our number one kind of like main inspiration of things we kind of wanted to to like emulate. Bring that to Calgary. Yes. And it's like, you know, it showcases like, you know, a lot of like POC, like queer, like DJs and like it's like a huge, like beautiful, like rave movement. Yeah. And it's just so cool. And, and like, now they, you got like, the they, guy. Exactly. And they play like really great music. And then we have like returning legend returning champion yes baby girl we love her she's incredible she actually like helped us like get uh kareem because she has like the you know she has a connection with yeah Yeah. because she was kind of there as part of like um like when they were first starting it and then we have young kamaji who is brian incredible he's an amazing dj and then we have me and then buccal theft it says here yes 
And then we have uh, our friend Tristan, who has the ridiculous name. Oh, oh you want me to read this? Sorry, <laughs> let me stop you. Please do it. Please uh, do his it. Oh name is, okay, I'm going to adjust my glasses. Uh, Mr. Beefy Buns with a Z. <laughs> I, I, I can't. Mr. Beefy <laughs> Buns. Get them while they're hot. I he know. has hexed us with that <laughs> name. <laughs> I know. But the thing is, like, I think, honestly, everyone who has seen the poster, like, it's like the one name that, like, they get attracted to. And I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, you never forget it. When you see it, like, you know, you'll never forget Mr. Beefy Buns. That's like, And then oh one, you got one other, one other name. And then we have, like, uh, our friend Oscar, uh, who goes by Dopamine Diva. And he also, like, does the lights production for us. Yeah. Which, yeah, like, I mean, like. You can attest to the New Year's Eve show. Like, oh, it was yeah. great. Like, that's the, that's the last time you're on yeah. Yeah, was to promote this New Year's Eve show. We mm-hmm. did the whole thing. And yes, I attended. Yes. Because when I promote, I do go to the things I promote. I mean, yeah, yeah like, you I'm are a man a fa- of your work. I'm not a fake fan. You're not a fake fan at all. Like, you are, you what are a like. a phony or a fraud. You are like ambient number one supporter. And as I and said, you show like, up. I, don't, I, I hadn't been out on New Year's Eve in a long, long time. Since the Obama administration. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think that's what I said. <laughs> Which is sadly accurate, clocking myself. But it was <laughs> the most fun time. Just and just again, you guys all put this together, and mm-hmm. just like uh, the camaraderie of all you guys, like putting the lights on. You mentioned the lights. Mm-hmm. Such a professional operation. And Spanic Arts is the venue, which mm-hmm. is a wonderful venue. Talk about Spanic Arts again, like the venue. Yes. Well, our friends at Spanic Arts, they have a beautiful space in downtown Calgary, which they use to um, support and platform different emerging artists, specifically people who are immigrants, newcomers, and like a primarily Hispanic population. And they host a lot of events that um, showcase that art. We got in contact through some of our friends, our close friends who use that space for their own art productions mm-hmm. and reached out to them and asked if they would be open to hosting a night event, a rave, essentially. Yeah. And they really just took a chance with us and they have given us yeah. so much support in such a beautiful way. And mm-hmm. I'm really happy with the relationship that we have with them because yep. they keep letting us use it for some bigger bigger and bigger production. And just as a like an attendee, like Hispanic Arts is just such a wonderful venue. Like mm-hmm. and the other thing, a lot of people said this when they're at the show, like the sound. Like you go to shows, the sound can be dodgy for some of these shows. The sound at the ambient was incredible, like perfect. And that's just what you guys all put together into Hispanic Arts and just it was a beautiful venue and just yeah. Yeah, and like like thank you for saying that. Because I think yeah it, like it was a huge like labor of love and like we didn't really get like any external help from like you know because i because i think that like it's kind of also important for us to just like do these like on our own and i think that like it's it is very like grassroots so actually yeah. like our friend callum who's also a dj um helped you know like you know majorly with like the sound setup yeah. and yeah and so like that's that's great to hear because i think like yeah it, it makes us like feel better when like you know we kind of put a lot of work into like curating and making sure the experience is like really, really good. And yeah, and I think like that's kind of the other thing too. I think people kind of kept like, it was honestly like, it's very stressful and it's a lot of work putting these together. Because you put everything together. Like again, you see posters around town, you're the people putting these posters up. Yes. You don't have a team. We don't have a team at all. Yeah. And the thing is that like, yeah, like, like Maddie can fully attest to this. It's like, it's worth it after it all when someone comes to you and says oh this was like the best night i had like i've never seen any, any, anything like this before in the city like it just like makes everything like worth it 
Like, absolutely. So thank you, everybody yeah. who has said those kind words, because it really does mean a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of like we're going to be leveling up with this show. Like as yes. great as the New Year's Eve show was, and I I, I had a, a ball, I had a ball of a time. I don't know what I said that, but March second though, it's going to be even better with Kareem as the head again from Toronto. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable pep rally zone. Yes, and I think it's like it was just. Um, I think it's just we are like leveling up, and uh, it's it's exciting to again like be able to get these, you know, like incredible DJs and then also kind of like mixing together with more of like the local talent, but also like the more yeah. underground like up and comers. And I think it just kind of like, it's just going to be like a great showcase yeah. of, of like, you know, like a variety because everyone brings something completely so different true. to the table. And it just like becomes like, you know, it's a great marriage between yeah. like somebody who's like very, very well established and then, a lot of up-and-comers who are, like, really, really talented. And I think it just kind yeah. of, like... And also, like, more established, like, local talent, like Young Kamaji and Baby Girl. Yeah. And I think it just becomes, like... It's a great, like, curation. Yeah, because people are probably familiar with Cream, and they're going to come to see Cream, but they might not know the other artists, and you're going to learn about them. You've got mm-hmm. the new emerging scene from Calgary. And again, mm-hmm. you bring some from Toronto, but the backbone of the rest of it is Calgary's very own. Yes. Which is very important. It's not like you're flying a bunch of like, you know, out of town people. Mm-hmm. This is a Calgary ambience, Calgary base and Calgary, uh, you know, pr- producers and DJs are the backbone of it. And just, it's, I think I appreciate that. Yeah. And I think like that was kind of just like the, I think like the main kind of like motto of like what Ambien is and like, you know, like Ambien was, before, like, I came onto the project, it was Mandy's, like, brainchild. Yeah, let's talk a bit about So, that. yeah, like, and I think, like, so she, she can kind of, like, get into a so bit man, more let's, of, like, let's get what the it's about. Ambient uh, origin story. So, it's not anything too impressive, but I would love to give yeah. a lot of my love to um, Leon Gordon. Of course. Who goes by Warm Leatherette um, for just pushing everybody that you know comes to his space yeah. he just pushes you to to want more to drive for more to dream bigger because when did you start djing like just like even before ambient like when did you like i started djing about a year and a half ago now yeah and i was struggling with finding footing on what it means to dj in the city i didn't know where to go didn't know where to look liam had some fantastic resources yeah and you know, you get to a point where you learn what to do and then you don't know what the next step is. Yeah. And I've always thought about curating and building spaces that are very friendly to people who yeah. don't like the traditional club scene. Yeah. Um, that was something I've faced. I've seen in different cities. I, I used to go raving a lot alone. Yeah. And it seemed bizarre to just be like alone as a femme person um, till eight nine in the morning but those were the safest spaces that i've ever encountered Mm -hmm. and i wanted to bring something like that in the city because i hadn't seen that in my own experience yeah you don't want a bro-y kind of a egg grill that's who wants that yeah in the nicest way possible i i just i don't in the rudest way possible i won't okay so we can no good good cop bad cop yeah like yeah (laughs) me too i second it yeah, I 
really did not see a lot of spaces for people to dance freely and yeah. for experimental music and especially for the emerging artists too. I just felt like there weren't a lot of places for us to go yeah. that were outside of Liam's support. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there was nowhere. Absolutely. And I think like it just kind of, because uh, like Liam just like, we all like met through like controller club mm -hmm. and um and yeah like we all kind of had we we shared the same like vision and like you know we're all like we're all very unique and different and uh we we really didn't see like what we wanted represented out there so yeah. and like liam again like being the great support and the great like encouraging person he is who's seen it all like who's, who's seen yeah. the scenes going about so just and he just was like yeah you guys have to create it go for it and like yeah it's one of those things that like, where like if you don't see it create it and make yeah. it for yourself and uh yeah and he kind of was like you know you have to be very that's why like we were very and unapologetic about like what we wanted and what we wanted to do and we just kind of like went like just like full force and we have received a lot of great support yeah and because the thing is that like yeah like the people are here who enjoy this like our community is here and yeah. i think that they just wanted that space to be created yeah and so when we created it then they all showed up in like huge numbers and like yeah. it's just been like amazing to watch honestly totally and it's never been about building successful spaces because i think that we've done a good job at always appealing towards experimental new sounds yeah. and it's it's never been about bringing in as many people as possible it's always been about staying true to what we enjoy as music and what we want to build as like a, a good night yeah. out and people have been gravitating towards it and the the support that we've received has just been insurmountable yeah. to our expectations. And bringing in all kinds of people, too, from all different scenes. Like, I know, like, some of the great, like, punk scene people. Like, you know, the go of these shows, too. It's not like, if you're thinking, like, oh, I don't know if I'm into, like, track music or whatever. But, like, go and, like, you'll have a good time. And just, I, the, the amount of, like, fun, like, Calgary DIY scenes are represented when you go to these shows. It's so wonderful. Totally. That's always been the dream too is I felt like Calgary has a bit of a issue with being very segmental between yeah. different um, communities. I feel like I don't meet a lot of painters in the scene that, or this was before, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't meet a lot of painters or I don't meet a lot of people who are into jazz music, but I feel like raving is a bit corny but it's a great way to bring people together from all different yeah. walks of life and different genres and different talents and and especially these niche communities that we have in the city we all want to party so yeah we really try to just make and it so that and i'm i'm again i'm the attendee so i can say this like the most positive spaces and just positive times like there's no bad vibes at all it's just a lovely everyone's just into having fun and just yeah it's a lovely time yeah and the thing is like also um it's important because i think not like I'm not saying anybody in like specific, but I think that like there's a lot of different like, you know, parties or shows or like rave, whatever collectives you want to call them that seem a little bit more like exclusive. Right. And it's kind of like a thing of like where it's it really isn't like and now we wanted to just like stay as far away possible from that. Yeah. Like it's like a it's less of like, you know, 
like we don't like we didn't want that like oh you can't party with us attitude yeah we just wanted because the thing again like we we have been like the outcasts of a lot of these spaces and like you know there's not like a lot of safe space for like poc and like queer people so i think like it was just like a perfect kind of uh you know like it's it, it's a, so make, making like an environment that's very safe and welcoming and where yeah. they can express themselves freely yeah. and just like, you know, be themselves and have a great time without worrying about like too much, you know, is I think it, that was very crucial and very important yeah. to us. And yeah. I'm not going to directly call anybody out, but this is really a cute story. There, I see some knights around the city have like dress codes. Like, what are we doing here? Dress codes? I need a top hat and a monocle to go to DJ night? No. <laughs> Just wear fun stuff and just, you know, doesn't matter. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just, I couldn't believe when I saw that from yeah. unnamed thing, I'm not going to say. Yeah, and the thing is, like, it's like, look, because, like, there's, like, there's, like, dressing for fun. and Well, like, you're dressing for cost. fun, for yeah, the yeah. record. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, the term dress to impress. That's yeah, like, exactly. And it's like, yeah, that's because, what I mean, yeah, cause, like, costume, because, like, through the NRA, like, we do some, I like, was going to say, yeah, I'm yeah. not at all. Oh, of course, I know you. the wrong way. No, 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 that's, no, no, no. like, dressing for fun and I NRA stuff. Yeah. That's, like, a really, like, fun, like, theme, like, where you kind of follow, like, a theme and it's yeah. exciting for you to go find that's an outfit. That's a fun party. Yeah, but it's, like, not, like, yeah. I think what you're referring to is, like, more so, like, kind of, you like have looking, to. Uh, like, looking down yeah. at you're wearing, like, flip-flops or something. Yeah, or it's, whatever. like. It's like that kind of like you know exclusivity, like you know that, that kind of like being exclusive. Cause, that's cause, that. That's when you. Yeah, that's what triggered it to me. Yeah, because even yeah, because even like like with the NRA, like if you don't like wear an outfit that fits the theme, like you're still welcome. Of course. Yeah, like it's not like a you know what I mean. So I think as long as you're a good spirit, positive, yeah, exactly. That's all like that we kind of like promote, and that's all that we want. So I, I think that it's just yeah, like it's just we wanted to just like stay very clear of like that and kind of just have yeah. that space that's like welcoming and for everyone and what we're promoting by the way ambient march 2nd has an event at spank arts it uh, you got pepper alley's very own kareem you got support from baby girl young kamaji buccal fifth mr beefy buns emphasize mr beefy buns with a z and dopamine diva oh my god he is gonna love that <laughs> yeah clip that for like a drop no seriously exactly Clip that for a drop uh, Tristan, mr beefy done yeah if, you're, if yeah. you're listening which you will be yeah like take that as like a dj drop and like use it yes, please i'll be offended if you don't honestly yeah and again <laughs> like you know the buy tickets we want your support we want yeah. your support yeah, how, do you, how do you get tickets so again like i would like to like say like the full ra link but i can't but like no, go the- to our instagram account which is i love ambien i l zero v e a m b i a a M B I E N, uh-huh. which is again, I repeat it. I love Ambien. I L zero V E A M B I E N, and then just go to the link in our bio. You'll see an RA link just on top there, and then just click on it and like buy your tickets. And if you see the poster around the city as well, because we're going to be putting them up, just yeah. scan the QR code QR and it code, just like yeah. lead you there. Everyone has a phone. Scan it. Bing, bing, boom. Yeah, just take your camera app and it's just click the link, buy the tickets, come and have a fantastic time. And look, March second. Mar- there's truly nothing else happening but you on this. Exactly. Ma- March 3rd, good AEW Revolution, which has Sting's final match. I know March 3rd, <laughs> Sting is one of the all-time legends in wrestling is having this final match. Okay, if it was March 3rd, maybe. I would still go, by the way. I would yeah. still go out over Sting, by the way. That's my support answer. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. But but point is, that's your weekend. I'm giving you your weekend. March 2nd, Ambient. March 3rd, a- I'm not paid by AEW Tony Khan, I wish. But, <laughs> but we're doing a watch party. So. <laughs> <laughs> So but, buy tickets to that too. But Mandy, sorry, because we're getting back to the your origin story. You're talking about how you're starting DJing and stuff. But um, who are kind of your influences in DJing as an artist, as Ponzi? 
So I personally, I adore um, Kill Alters and Bonnie Baxter. Mm -hmm. They are some, they're, they do DJing, but they're more of experimental performance artists in New York City. Yeah. And they just have some killer, brutal shows. They've done um, shows actually during protests where they just set up shop and just bring in synths and amps and will start performing and, and rally funds for the cause that they're at. And they just do these pop-up shows that are so... You would just have to be a little bit kooky to think about it. And I love the idea of just, you know, if things aren't going your way, if you're not doing what you want to do, just set up shop where you feel like it and make it work. Um, Especially when it comes to experimental music, which they they produce, um, like alongside Machine Girl and that sort of crew in New York City. Um, Yeah, they have music that not everybody would want to have in their bar let's say sure so they just kind of get creative with it and they have a lot of fun with curating shows down in that city yeah um and calgary has all that potential if not more because we have so many beautiful artists who have very distinct very unique sounds that just don't always pop up in the most conventional sites here so and like that, the, the like the um, the ecosystem, if I'm using that term correctly, is always going. Like again, you've been doing it for a year and a half, Abdi, probably roughly around the same, yeah, roughly around the same amount of time. But then there's all these new people coming in mm-hmm. from like controller club and stuff. You're helping teach them. You're helping give them a stage and a platform to perform, and that's with Ambient and stuff. So let's talk again about kind of the formation of Ambient of you two putting on shows. So Ambient began originally at a local frat house in Calgary. Yeah. Um, We were wanting to host a special party for one of our friends, like a birthday party, and decided to just, you know, like, we're going to do this. Why not just go all out? Yeah. So we went, rented, um, like, lights, tried to do a full production, fog, and we got a lineup of, I think it was seven DJs mm-hmm. yeah. for our friend's birthday. And we advertised it as a experimental show, like an experimental rave. We advertised the, like, kind of iconic, you know, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. rave, yeah. which I think drew in a lot of people. People were very enticed. And we had a stellar show um despite you know some it was a bit rough around the edges of course because it was a first our first go at it yeah and people want were like when's the next one we people had a lot of fun people made new friends and they did exactly kind of what i was mentioning about you know meeting new people in spaces that don't necessarily emerge or like or converge with one another yeah um and that's exactly what happened. And people had a lot of fun. So gradually the frat, the original Ambient frat, morphed into what is now the National Ravers Association, which yeah. is a monthly party that happens at the same frat house. Yeah. Um, so go follow the National Ravers Association on Instagram <laughs> because, you know, these communities are so intertwined. And, oh, yeah. Um, and we all support one another. Absolutely. So, um, and then from that, we moved on to... Our second event, which was um, 
don't let your healthcare card get declined at Popper's Drug Mart, <laughs> which was our first Hispanic arts show. Oh, Halloween show, yeah. So I don't know if you have any. No, I I think insight. it was quite, yeah. It was just a, a thing of like so. In a way, it's kind of like um, we just like transitioned like so. I, the NRA kind of morphed into like yeah, taking over like the frat and like that became like the month the more monthly show. And then Ambient is like more of like a curated. It 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 doesn't happen like monthly. It is so it, it kind of just is like so. I we really don't know like when our next show is going to be. Yeah, it's going to be somehow like sometime in like the summer. So I think it's kind of more. We kind of just try to like put on like more kind of curated shows, yeah. more kind of like of a, of a higher production. When, when, the, when you put on a show, it's like you have to you stand up and pay attention because you're like there's a reason for it. Yes, and I think like that's kind of like what. Um, so we did it in for, for Halloween, and then we kind of was like because like that was like our first show. Yeah. that we did since I guess it, it, it was like the second show, but we hadn't done anything since May. So this one was October 27th, and then we had the idea to, of doing like the New Year's Eve show. Yeah, and then now this show. So I think like uh, it was just more of like. Um, just kind of trying to challenge ourselves and then trying to kind of like, because like we are competing with way more like established collectives. And I think we kind of just wanted to just in a way just be like, yeah, we can do this too. Yeah, it's scrappy energy, which is the best energy. Yes. And I think like we kind of just wanted to just like um, just show that we can do it and we can do it like very grassroots and like, you know, because again, like there was still not representation of um of what we wanted and like what we wanted to see in the city so we just had to like take the initiative and create it and uh yeah we kind of just like leveled up and you know to get to a point like where we are getting someone of like cream status it's kind of like a big deal and uh yeah and like to do it new year's eve which again you want to talk about competition yeah every single venue on planet earth not planet earth well let's say calgary for right now is doing something for new year's eve you're competing with everyone's attention mm-hmm. and that it was such a success. Like it shows you like, like how great it was and just, yeah. yeah and, and like, and like we take a lot of pride in that and just kind of like, uh, you know, just, just like, I think it's just to like have fun, challenge ourselves and like, you know, just build like a very strong like community and give people like, just, you know, like a really good experience is kind of what we, what we like the end goal. Yeah. We don't, we actually like really don't make like any money from this. Like we kind of like fully just put our all into it, make sure like the quality of the show is like number one. Oh yeah. And you know, we try to create that experience and then like, just try to like level up and like, you know, we've, yeah. we, we've grabbed a lot of people's attention. And you can good. like, it's in, it's a professional operation. Like truly like just again, the lights and the sound, like again, yeah, I can't stress enough. Like you go to these shows, God bless one of these shows. The sound is the craps. I'll say, I was going to say the S word. <laughs> it's it's not you, you it's so impaired for music hot yeah. take is good sound and the ambient shows have had great sound and you can just and it just it spanic arts has been such a fun venue mm-hmm. to host these things yeah and i and i think yeah it's just like it, it's just that like like we we take a lot of pride in that because again it's just like we're all just doing this by ourselves and we don't have anybody backing us at all no so again you're putting just, the posters up yourself yeah everything from like ground zero to all the way up so i think that that's just kind of like it, it makes us happy to just like hear like you know great reviews and have people like come back to it and like you know like looking forward to like a lot of different shows and yeah so we like we, we just try to like we don't want to stagnate we want to just kind of like push ourselves and like 
just keep doing like bigger and better things like so like if there's no reason for us to put a show yeah it's kind of no need like yeah yeah, there's no need and i think like we have you know the other like branch of like our you know collective which is the nra which happens every month yeah and that's kind of more of like the staple like monthly show that happens so i think it's just like um it's such a i'm I'm using the word ecosystem way too much but it's like you've got controller club Mm -hmm. you can learn learn this up and then you can graduate to doing shows at the ravers association do a stuff with the frave and you know and then you know, then you can do a show ambient, like you yeah. know, totally. a proper show. It's like it's like yeah, it's like a farm team, and you go up and up and stuff, and it's like you're learning, and mm-hmm. it's, it's such a great thing. The three, the the triad of those three things. Yeah, totally. At the end of this, you know, we should have basically a manual of how to operate <laughs> through the Calgary club scene because yeah. nobody should feel as though they don't belong. That they that they mm-hmm. don't have any potential in it. Yeah. It's seriously, it's it's not that like difficult. Yeah. If you have the support and the tools to put yourself out there. And yeah. again, nobody, nobody, nobody should feel as though they're not welcome and that they don't have a reason to 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 put themselves out there, to put their art out yeah. there, um, to learn how to DJ. Yeah. So that's like, if you have any inclination to DJ. Like, you should go to Controller Club. 100%. And when, give us an info about that, by the way. Just a side thing. like Controller Club, like, happens every Sunday at 6.30 to 9.30 at Boo Vintage Shop. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, that's that's where we all started. And that's kind of what it gave us the... And so, like, Liam, our dad, basically yeah. just, like, passed the baton on to us. And actually, Tristan, Mr. Beefy Buns, he, like, <laughs> runs... I know I can't take him seriously with that name, but um, but he runs Controller Club now, and yeah. like yeah, we just fully encourage people to come and like we, like like we have received like again we were just like before the interview we were talking about like Jonathan Crane, um, oh. and we like so we Thriller have a lot more, we have a lot more like established DJs and like uh, uh, Sev as well who kind of came and gave us uh, gave some the, the people who come to Controller Club every Sunday yeah. like a like a crash course on how to use the equipment like the CDJs and so it's just like a space for anybody who's interested in learning how to DJ yeah. you come there we all met there and we became great friends from there so you meet great people you meet people who have the same interests as you you make great friends you learn how to DJ you develop like the skills to do it and uh, yeah like we always kind of just like want to fuck because everyone brings something unique to the table yeah. and everybody has like a unique like point of like reference it's so true so, so then we platform them with the NRA and like you know we book them for the shows yeah. there and like they get a platform to perform and then you know it's just like a it's a thing of like you you will learn how to DJ but then you'll also get the platform to like perform yeah. as well and it's just like you know like we want to just encourage it's anybody been, who has the interest to just come and just like have fun and just you know it's been so push fun. yourself it's been so fun to witness this kind of happen too is like mm-hmm. and like again you guys men controller club and then gear yeah. gear and change all this happened I'm excited for like the next generation the people who are meeting a control club like today mm-hmm. or when it's happening you know Sunday, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course <laughs> but the point, like, yeah, the metaphorical today, and like you know, the next crew, yeah, absolutely, will be forming, and, and, and just and it's just like and it's just uh, let the circle be unbroken, as they say. And it's great for the scene, and like like Mandy was talking about how um, 
she hadn't seen a lot of like you know because she's went and experienced like raving in like a lot of different cities like in europe in the u.s and so like it's never about like the location it's about like the people and yeah we have the people here and it's just kind of a matter of just like people motivate each other exactly and like yeah. yeah and like i think like if people can see that like we can do it it's uh you know we hope that the takeaway from it is that like you can do it too yeah because we started from like literally nothing like less than a year ago and we have kind of like you know trial and error doing shows getting better with each one learning from mistakes and just keep yeah exactly and we're like we're still growing and we're still like learning a lot and i think that like it's just kind of just seeing like and you have the little again the baby girl like helping you guys out exactly and i think and like the creams like all these like the the generation what they do yeah Yeah. and like they they see what we're doing and a positive environment yeah and they're coming to support us and i think like it's just great for the scene and uh, yeah, it's just like we're creating and like we're just hoping that it continues to grow. And like, you know, when we're done with it, essentially, which is not anytime soon, then, you know, like you're saying, like the next generation of people who come through Controller Club can also just like take on the baton and just like yeah. continue to just like make sure that like the scene continues to like improve and grow and just like not stagnate and just like, you know. Yeah, totally. I feel yeah. very hopeful totally. about all this. Yeah. yeah, I feel like, you know, change is so inevitable in the scenes And I think that where we have benefited in our journeys with this has just been by understanding that and being okay with doing things differently Mm -hmm. and having fun with it. Because, like, exactly, there's going to be a new generation of DJs with new ideas and they're going to have a new audience that they are going to tap into as well. And that is perfectly fine. That is what we want. We just, like Apti was saying encourage people and hopefully Mm -hmm. inspire people to do their own diy stuff because that's how everything basically it's all about helping each other absolutely yeah like baby girl helps you you'll help you guys help the next generation and it goes on and on yeah best and i think that like also it's just kind of a a thing of uh there really is not like a rule book or like a guidebook because i think what we kind of run into also is just like a lot of uh you know people who are kind of like set in like their ways of like you know Mm -hmm. trying to be like purists and we are just very anti-purism like i mean that's kind of been like my whole like like dj personal mantra is just being an anti-purist and like we all are and just like because again like you can't just like set a rule book for everybody because like then there's no room to experiment and there's no room to like showcase yeah creativity and personality and like we encourage nothing but creativity and personality and just like just bringing your own point of reference there 100%. instead of just kind of like you know having this like umbrella like purism like you know bs yeah. that like everyone kind of has to follow and like you have to because it's like that's boring and nobody wants that you know what i mean like that's like, no, like them like them like the worst art yeah exactly like and like we we respect those you know before us and anybody who's into that but like you just kind of well, like all the greats like, also like ripped up the books and exactly stuff. Like that's how and they that's, got their starts and absolutely and stuff. i think that's kind of just like what we want to just encourage and just kind of say like you know what don't try to be something else no be yourself. That's why it's like, you know, be like yourself. We don't want to turn Calgary into like a Berlin 2.0 or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we just kind of like, even, you know, with Pep Rally, like we don't want to turn Ambien into a Pep no. Rally. We don't want to turn like Calgary into Toronto. No. You know? Because it's got its own scene. 
Yeah, exactly. And like, that's why the name of it is like, no, we have pep rally at home, but yeah. like, it's unique and it's like, you know, it's an, it, it's, it's a, a nice unique different perspective. It's a nice yeah. acknowledgement. Exactly. And it's just like, it's, it's the thing of just kind of just like us, just like, you know, yeah. everything is here in this yeah. city. The people are here. It doesn't really like, like you don't have to travel Because yeah. again, the bulk of the bill is it. great artists from Calgary. Absolutely. That's yeah. what that is. Mm-hmm. But Mandy, abrupt change. My show is called What's Your Niche? I've had I've had this guy Abdi on a couple times. Yes. We, we've delved into his. What are some of your kind of niche favorites, hobbies, etc. etc. Oh, I don't know, Abdi. Can you answer this? One? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, like you you have a lot of like niches. Like Mandy is like a fashion girl. She's like okay, one of the most stylish people that I know. So, but then like she's also like, um. I think like she she's a good like representation of fashion you can buy. Yeah. Style is innate and she just like just is innately just very stylish and she can like put a beautiful outfit together literally from like nothing and does not like require like a lot of money. So like I think like that's kind of like like one of your niches. That, like that's you are a great, like a style okay. icon. That's a great niche. Let's let's run with it. Let's that's run a great with one. one. Um I have some very uh very very strong loves for fashion bloggers and growing up on like the tumblr era yeah. of course my Who are some of your faves my but to put you on the favorite, spot my favorite person ever is meg superstar princess that yeah. is my niche that is my yeah. one yeah please <laughs> that's so great she is a fashion blogger from new york city and she kind of it was one of the like founding fathers of the indie sleaze um ah. like and especially it's revitalization right now it's definitely coming back and it's coming back really hard absolutely um she has like a blog called the hipster portal where she kind of just has this persona of you know being raunchy and going from fashion party to fashion party to like underground club and it's just this i love everything she embodies with you know, bridging the gaps between fashion and music and culture and and those community spaces that are like lingering in the underground of major mm-hmm. cities. She does an excellent job of, I think, illustrating kind of what happens in the underbelly of cities. That's and exciting. I love that. Man. I love that. And that's kind of what I wanted to bring to Calgary too through Ambien, through like our community is kind of having you know, not secret society in a elitist or no. purist sense. In a fun way. In a fun way. Because mm-hmm. let's just have, like, a little fun. And exactly. And like, be a little bit goofy and, like, have our little, like, yeah. secret <laughs> parties, secret raves, and all dress up really nice and now, you're cool. Now, you always come correct with the dresses I've seen. Like, you always... Yeah, you truly do. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And, like, her other niche that she should talk about is the fact that, like, Mandy's like a huge fan of like LA, like Los Angeles. <laughs> oh. And and I like I, I basically just like uh criticize her for it. Actually, like I, I just saw like a really funny TikTok today of uh of like Chloe Sevigny where she was like the last oh. place on earth where I will live is LA. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take me there. So Mandy, please explain why you love Los Angeles so much. Los Angeles is <laughs> they know how to have fun, they know how to party because everybody has just lost all sense of morality <laughs> like nobody there cares no everybody there is so self-absorbed 
<laughs> and like <laughs> truly and so invested in the showbiz themselves. capital yeah it is crazy so they just if you just like go there and be okay with that you'll have the most fun ever and yeah. and if you just like kind of like step into a little suit and be like okay i'm gonna be also conceited <laughs> and we can just all be really conceited together you'd have so much fun oh um, my god so much fun and also like another um because abdi and i are really inspired by pep rally what happens in of toronto course. um there is another rave sort of collective called lick and dip that happened in los angeles and they have some really really cool parties where basically they just roll in bring all their equipment in book some really really cool djs and then just set up shop in abandoned warehouses especially in like the downtown um la sort of section where there's a lot of businesses that have foreclosed and they're kind of just i like the the illustration of taking something that feels like it's been ripped out of your hands. You know, like there's yeah. a lot of poverty that people struggle with in that region. And there's a lot of, you know, political issues. Obviously, I don't need to say, but in yeah, the yeah, States. Yeah. And people are just kind of making the most out of it, kind of in the ruins of what used to be a great city. Yeah. And I do think that LA is becoming the ruins of what used to be a great city, but people are making it the, making the most out of it over there. And then yeah. they know how to have so much fun with it and yeah. kind of just let loose. <laughs> I mean, a I, lot of great scenes there. Yeah, I really don't think anyone has ever managed to, like, make L.A. sound so compelling. Like, I think you should be hired by, like, the tourism board or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you just almost convinced me to, like, love L.A. Yeah. For, like, a little bit. Because, like, I think, because I, I guess, like, it makes I sense. I love L.A. Randy Newman. Sorry. <laughs> There's going to be two people appreciate that reference. <laughs> so, you know, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm glad she got a... She got into that and like, you yeah. know, she like, she defended her point. I mean, the LA comedy scene is the best. So just That's some, true. Yeah. Like, uh, that's, that's like favorite. all your faves are all from there. And I've injured a lot of people from LA, the music scene. So, I mean, I love LA too. Oh, Randy wow. Randy was right. So. I'm like outnumbered. Wow. But here's, here's the honest <laughs> truth. Here's the honest truth. Between LA and New York, I'll pick LA. Really? Dang. 100%. Why? Well, New York from what... I, Here's a, full disclosure. I haven't been to either of these places, so this is just like me neither. But like from my side, like New York, like stinks. Like it's just like garbage <laughs> on the streets. True. Yeah, I don't know. LA smells like flowers. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, a lot of driving though, which I need to get. I mean, I need to. You know, that's yeah. that's tough for me. Up to. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. LA I mean, like, traffic. Am I right? Yeah, like there are a lot of like rats and like. <laughs> Just like a lot of like I don't know like feces or stuff in New York City. Yeah, and people just like go up and it's like oh that's New York spirit. It just smells like garbage. Yeah, like, I don't th- know, but and, yeah, and I think like this is always kind of like yeah, I think this is always just a lot of insane things happening in like the subway and stuff. So yeah, I don't know, but I can't even imagine. Yeah. yeah, I'd I'd choose New York because of like I guess Fashion Week and just like, I mean yeah, you're more of a New spots. York person, and I mean like the New yeah. York spirit. There's there's more specific spots that I think like I would I, I would not like you know. But I, because because I think like a lot of my faves like are there too, so I'm kind of just like I'm more kind of attracted to that compared to LA, which I think is just a bit like dystopian. I mean, it has its negatives, certainly. Yeah, I think that they're both crumbling cities, and they have been for a while. But I think that that's where the best art emerges. Yeah. It totally emerges. Why do you prefer true. LA or New York? Text in a four zero three two two zero three nine nine one. I'd love to hear your opinion. I'm just yes. a pre recorded interview, but I'm still doing prompts here. Yeah. Please like let us know because I I want to know like what what, what people I, I'm sure people are gonna prefer like New York over LA because I think LA is just like too kind of stained with like yeah. celebrity culture which is just like t- 
too rampant now. Oh, and New York isn't. Oh. No, but like <laughs> no, no. But I think like New York is a, is is it's a bit more like muted though. It's not as like loud as like. Have LA. you seen Sex in the City? Yeah. Well, I know, but like. Bow bow bow. It's a bit like LA is just like too. I guess like with the TikTokers too. If you if you add them to the list. Okay, fair. Like it's yeah. just a lot because you know I saw a funny clip today of like. Billie Eilish, who, like, I cannot stand. But, like... Well, you she- can't stand Phineas more. Yeah, that's true. Billie is... Uh, she's more tolerable. But um, she kind of was, like, I think, whispering to her friend because she was at an event and she was like, oh, my God. She's like, there's, like, TikTokers here. And she was like whispering Oh, at the it. People's Choice Awards. Yeah, and I was like, oh, my with God. A, with Olivia Culpo. <laughs> the Culpo sisters. And it's like, yeah, like, I mean, sure, you can talk crap about the TikTokers, but, like... You're not that different. Like you're yeah. not that far removed from that. Like you are. No, no, that's so wrong. I, no, I don't. Billy I mean, can sing. Well, sure, but like, so do a lot yeah. of TikTokers. But I think, like, you know, I think, like, the time in which she came up, and I think, like, I think it's they're not. She's not far removed from that. <laughs> so I really don't think that she can like criticize that. Yeah. I don't know that much about Billy Eilish. You know what so you can. Gonna- you know what you can't criticize. Ambient March 2nd. That's the event you need to go to. Hispanic Arts. Let's go over the lineup one more time. Pep Rally's very own Kareem Olin Ash. Yes. And then you got support from Baby Girl, Young Kamaji, Buchel Theft. Oh my God. Mr. Beefy Buns. Mr. Beefy Buns. Mr. Beefy Buns. And Dopamine (laughs) Diva. If you want more information, I love Ambien on Instagram and these posters around scan the QR codes, all that good stuff. Yes, it's and you I have, love you have Ambien. To, you, you have to score gold. You know, I love Ambien. I L zero V E A A M B I E N. Click the link in the bio. Get the RA link. Buy the tickets. Yeah, I'll be there. Scan the QR codes when you see the beautiful poster around I'm, the city. I'm not going to do the pathetic thing I did last time where I was like, hey, pick, talk to me. If I'm going to be there. Like, if I, <laughs> I thought was last interview, I was like, oh, I'm not going to be there. But did you make any, like, like you met a lot of great people. And oh, you, yeah. Like, the, you socialized, you yeah, interacted with no them. No like, duds. Not people. a single dud. Because you know, all the cool people come there. That should be the, the uh, ambient slogan. No duds. No duds. You know what I mean? Like, no, no vibe certainly no, Certainly no duds on the bill and no duds in the audience. Exactly. And that, that's all it's just if you're there it's a lovely place if you're just you know a person who loves you know to rave and you love music and you just like yeah. want to have fun and you want to meet other you know creative people even even if you're not in the creative field and you and you just enjoy the music and you just come yeah. just come with your good vibes buy your ticket and just come and have a great 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 time buy a ticket take the ride as yes. Andrew McDonald would say so thank <laughs> you so much for coming on Abby and Mandy thank, thank you for you. having it was us it a pleasure so yes thank you so much See, just W9.9 FM. This is Benjamin. What's your niche? Did not anticipating having that interview wrap up with Van Morrison from 1983 in an articulate speech to the heart number one. But hey, this is my show. If I was going to jam in some 80s Van Morrison, that would not be a proper what's your niche. Thanks so much for Abby and Mandy for coming on. Said Saturday at March 2nd is the show at Spanic Arts. Hope you can make it there. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, next hour, very exciting. And for this episode of 50 Extravaganza, CKSW's own, very own, Helen Young, host of the Future Language. I'll be grilling her in the hot seat. This is pre-recorded, but it's, it's, it's a good time with one of the best. And I'll talk to you again after the news.
This is the BBC News, broadcasting live in Calgary every weekday morning on CJSW 90.9 FM. Hello, this is Julie Candler with the BBC News. Palestinians in Rafah say they've experienced some of the most intense Israeli bombardments so far in Gaza's southernmost city. Overnight, a number of people were killed as several homes were destroyed and a mosque was flattened. Here's Jenny Hill. There are airstrikes night after night. Um, There were some 100 Palestinians killed in Gaza, according to the Hamas-run health ministry. And aid agencies are saying that the situation on the ground is also extremely problematic from the perspective of hunger and disease. Um, One in six children under the age of five is currently, they say, malnourished. Um, Something like 90% of children under the age of two have an infectious disease. There's been growing international concern over the possibility of an imminent Israeli ground offensive into Rafah, where more than 1.4 million people have taken refuge. It's added greater urgency to talks that a top White House advisor, Brett McKirk, will shortly have with Israel's Prime Minister. Albania's parliament has approved a deal that will see migrants who've been trying to get to Italy brought to Albania to have their asylum claims processed. Two centres will be set up. Italy will run them. This has angered Albanian opposition leaders who say it impinges on sovereignty. This protester outside parliament in Tirana said the scheme may negatively affect the locations of the processing and detention centres. The chosen locations will move after the centres for migrants are built. Then they'll be sent to a closed jail and to the Jada area. And from what we've seen in other countries, we've reason to believe this will be a security problem for the whole area. Afghanistan's Taliban authorities say they've publicly executed two convicted murderers in a football stadium. They said the men were shot in Ghazni City, and Barasanati Rajan reports. Thursday's executions are reported to be the third time the Islamist group had meted out the death penalty since it seized power in August 2021. Since they took over, they have gradually imposed their own stricter interpretation of the Islamic Sharia law and reintroduced hardline practices that were common when they ruled in the 1990s. In recent years, men and women accused of offences such as robbery and adultery were given public floggings. Campaigning for Iran's parliamentary elections has begun with a week to go before voting. Iranians will also elect new members of the Assembly of Experts, the key body that appoints Iran's supreme leader. Some 15,000 candidates have been approved to run for the 290-seat parliament. The majority of reformist contenders were rejected. Some opposition voices have called for a total boycott of the poll. World News from the BBC. The US and Britain say they're backing the outgoing Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte to succeed Jens Stoltenberg as NATO's next Secretary-General in October. President Biden said Mr Rutte had a deep understanding of NATO's significance and strong leadership capabilities. The medical charity MSF is warning about a dire situation facing refugees as they cross into South Sudan to escape the conflict in Sudan. More than half a million people have made the journey. The charity describes conditions in the two transit centres as alarming. It says overcrowding and waterborne diseases are leading to a humanitarian crisis. China says it signed agreements to send pandas to zoos in California and Spain, signalling a new chapter in Beijing's so-called panda diplomacy. 
China had lately declined to extend loan periods for pandas in Western nations. Its foreign ministry spokeswoman Mao Ning says it is an exciting program. We look forward to a new round of international cooperation on the protection of giant pandas with the relevant countries. It will further expand the scientific research achievements in the protection of endangered species such as giant pandas and promote people-to-people communication and friendship. The organisers of the London Marathon say this year's race will become the first in the world to offer equal prize money for the wheelchair and able-bodied categories. Andy Swiss reports. In what the London Marathon organisers say is a landmark move, the overall prize money for wheelchair athletes has been increased by more than £40,000, meaning it'll match the total for able-bodied athletes of nearly a quarter of a million pounds. All the winners of the elite races in April will also receive the same prize money. The London Marathon's most successful wheelchair racer, Britain's David Weir, has described the changes as a huge benchmark for disability sport, and said he hoped other races would take note. BBC News. CJSW 90.9 FM broadcasts the latest updates from the BBC at 7, 8 and 9 every weekday morning. What do you guys want to talk about? One, two, one, two, three, four.
You're listening to CJSW 90.9 FM broadcasting live from the University of Calgary campus on Tree 7 land. This has been Goodman. This is hour three of What's Your Niche, episode 50. I'm 50. Remember Molly Shannon on SNL doing that? I'm 50. It was a good, it was a good sketch. Um, in just a little bit, for this episode 50, I'm going to play my interview with CGSW's very own host of the Future Language. Every Friday from 2 to 4 p.m., my pal Helen Young sharing uh, five or so of her favorite records from her uh, formative uh, music discovery years, which are the ages of 15 to 25. It was such a fun discussion with Helen, who, before she was a pal, to open up a tiny bit. I've long been a fan of the Future Language. It's my favorite program on the station. I've long looked up to what Helen's accomplished and done. So to get her on episode 50, I couldn't have asked for a better guest. And I'm excited to share the conversation in just a little bit. What's Your Niche is always proudly sponsored by the Establishment Brewing Company, located 4407 First Street Southeast. In the heart of the Manchester Brewing District, the 2023 winner of both Alberta Brewery of the Year and Best in Show for the I Left My Wallet in El Segundo, and also the 2021 Canadian Brewery of the Year. Establishment has a fun new release I'd like to share with you. Because as you know, Establishment always have uh, song titles. I Left My Wallet in El Segundo. It's a Tribal Quest song. Their new release, it's called Salisbury Hill. Oh, Pete Gabriel. Salisbury Hill, a pub ale, 3.6 ABV, biscuits, Werther's Original Candy, excuse me, Marmalade. And I'm going to get into the description from the fine folks at Salisbury, my wonderful show sponsor. Grab your things. We've come to take you to an English classic. It's toasty and delicately floral, utterly thirst-quenching with a pleasantly dry finish and just a smidgen of bitterness. True to form, this brew has crushable levels of both carbonation and ABV. When we crafted this recipe, we knew that there was no better way to get this beer into your glass than hand-pulled from a beer engine. Boxy with a long swan-like spout, a beer engine gives it a seriously smooth mouthfeel and preserves the perfect level level of carbonation, which is low. If you found yourself scratching your head on that last part, stay with us. If our side pulls and slow pours are any indication, we're big on going the mile for the perfect pour and for the pub ale of this caliber, this is it. You don't have to trust your imagination. Get down to the tap room so you can tell your friends with what the smile on your face meant. And I say this all the time. They do so good with their copy. They're great at everything. Establishment, they're great with their copy. If you want more information, go to EST Brew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow them. Or if you want the latest establishment happenings sent right to your inbox, go to establishmentbrewing.ca and sign up for their mailing list. And also, I realized I forgot to mention what started off the hour. That was the Kinks. This is where I belong. The Stereo Mix, taken from an expanded version of their 1966 album, Face to Face, as the list where I belong was not on the album proper. It was a single. So as you know how it was in the 60s, there's one-off singles. And then when, you, when you're when you trying to collect everything for the expanded version, 
let's put the singles on there because otherwise they just land on like greatest hits or other kind of compilations as it was in the happened in the 60s you'd like to talk to me text me at 403203991 would love to hear from you would love it and uh, I mentioned Salisbury Hill which is the subsequent release and um, named after a Peter Gabriel song after you know like that was the first that was the first album solo album like, I'm, I'm probably shaming myself I think it was after Genesis the reason why I bring it up because old Helen Helen Young who I'm about to talk to she's going to talk about Genesis the Peter Gabriel years and then some so without further here's my interview with the future language zone Helen Young on CSW 9.9 FM It is the episode 50 extravaganza rolls on, and I'm here today with uh, CGSW's own music director, host of the future language, oh no, I stuttered that, Fridays 2 to 4 in the PM, Helen Young. Hello and welcome to What's Your Niche on CGSW. Whoa, Ben, thank you so much for having me. This is my dream come true. This is very exciting. So... We talk a lot, and all, what am I breaking? <laughs> this is not the first time we've talked, but just the thing of like, I wanted to get into like the albums. Because I mean, again, you're a music director. You direct the music you, that comes to, <laughs> that's a literal term. You play music on the Futlang, and you're nearing your 10 year anniversary of doing the show. It's true. So you've heard your, uh, plenty of music in your day, and as a music fan and all that stuff. But what are the albums, Helen Young? That made you, especially at an early age, when you're impressionable, when you're getting all that stuff. That's the big question today. <laughs> so that, <laughs> yeah, you got me to to really think hard on this one and to bring in a stack. Um, I tried to keep it to five, but I think we're looking at about eight. Yeah, but, so you have record. You actually have physical records from, from your collection. Physical so records that, from pr- a collection. Again, proof of how they mean to you because you own them. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're not I, a fake fan. I mean, maybe I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I brought I brought a pile, whether it's they're actually my favorites or not. <laughs> so let's go through. Let's let's just go through them, always. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's go through. So what, what are we what are we starting with? So, and also like age and all that stuff. Where yeah. where are we at in Helen Young's life here? So when I think you and I were talking about um, how I should kind of choose maybe some of the most influential records to me i think i found it really hard to narrow that down uh and then and then i the more i sort of thought about like what was really influential to me was uh certain records between probably the ages of 15 to 25 and i think that's when yeah music probably had the most most like kind of like yeah earth shattering effect on me yeah um and i discovered some stuff that really just like blew my mind and it's it's strange coming up on my 10th year anniversary of my radio program. Yeah. Um, and it's true. Throughout we, those 10 years, it wasn't even as like, yeah. It, it, Cause when you grow up, it's like you hear like top 40 radio and all that stuff, like the music you're exposed to the popular stuff. And then, you know, you'd kind of dig a bit deeper in these crevices and stuff. All yeah. The, all the crevices, all of them. And then you're like, Oh, what is this? This is way different 
than anything. Like, I didn't know music could do that. Yeah. And that kind of expands your mind. And yeah. so we're yeah. going to get to these mind-expanding records for Oh, you. yeah. Well, so I guess going back to about the age 14, 15, I worked at the Calgary Public Library. Okay. As a, a bookshelver. Actually, they called me a page. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So Page uh, of a book and you're... Yeah. That's kind of what I was yeah. thinking. I was like, you know what? That's kind of a cute title. Uh, yeah. Nice job, library. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so I would take out, I would notoriously kind of have over like 100 CDs out at a time sort of thing. So that's true. You can take, yeah, take out. You can take out a lot, but not as many as you can when you work there. Ah. I think you can, you're, yeah, it's, you're not supposed to have over 100 CDs out at a time, but. 100? I did work there. So. 99, maybe. 99. 100, okay. 100. Oh. Yeah crossing the line uh so i guess the first record that i brought today the first that's on this pile here was one that i discovered working at the library yeah uh frank zappa's we're only in it for the money yes uh because i know zappa is pivotal to you huge yes yeah hugely influential to me and this was the first and this was the first album of his you've heard yes uh 1968 i believe um so we're only in it for the money. Beautiful gatefold, by the way. I'm just witching, yeah. Beautiful gatefold. These, <laughs> these handsome mugs on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You pull that whole thing out, and it's oh, the man. beautiful <laughs> mothers themselves. Great, all seven Great members. outfits. Oh, yeah. This is the Canadian pressing, so it's not the... Uh, Beatles spoof uh, uh, on the cover. Right. The Beatles, Sergeant Pepper. The Sergeant Pepper's um, spoof is on uh, the inside when you open the gatefold. So, uh, but when I took out the CD from the library, it was very much the Sergeant Pepper's um, uh, mock cover, yeah. and uh, that's I think what intrigued me in the first place. Also, the name Frank Zappa just stood out to me, and I had heard it reading Rolling Stone, of and I was like, "Who is this guy?" So just just. Try to place yourself as back to where you were as you could. Just you're putting the record on, and like, what are your first impressions? Like, what is like, what is happening? I guess yeah. Yeah. Well, the whole thing starts off with uh, a very spooky uh, vocal of uh, of Frank Zappa just repeating over and over, "Are you hung up?" <laughs> and it's layered and layered, and I and yeah. then it goes right into. Uh, I think it's like. Uh, who are the mother people and it's just like the strangest one of the strangest things and i I had never heard anything like that in my entire life yeah and the whole thing just turns into this like abstract kind of like fever dream and as a 14 year old that just blew my socks off because you're such a sponge in an early age too like you know it's just you're like taking it all in and just that music yeah in particular is just like that's perfect age to hit you oh yeah yeah so frank zappa i just went on a crazy exploration of his uh ever after that and uh i still have a huge place in my heart is that still your sentimental favorite i mean of this album or is or, what, what are your fave zappa picks uh so this one this one has my heart uh yeah. as just being my kind of my intro the gateway gateway uh, gateway drug, <laughs> uh, but I I'm a f- huge fan of uh, some of the stuff like Sleep Dirt. Mm-hmm. Um, more more so the earlier stuff. I really like like Ruben and the Jets, which I talked to you a little bit about. Yeah. And it was like his him and the Mothers, like they're kind of fake doo wop sort of band. Yeah, uh, I really like that. I love Freak Out. So a lot of the early Mothers stuff, Two Hundred Motels, one of the wackiest. I guess you could call rock operas um, also an excellent cool. um, 
uh, soundtrack, having uh, Flo and Eddie from the Turtles oh, starring very nice. it, and yeah, it's a uh, that's a that's a real hot number. Um, hot Rats, excellent. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it goes on and on. Uh, I know you're. Uh, there, it kind of got into. There's some sillier sides of Zappa as yeah, well, the, but the only thing like I don't. I do not go deep with him, and but here's I'm not certainly not anti. I'm not anti anybody, you know. I'm not a snob. No? I'm not a snob for anybody. I mean, I'm probably anti to some stuff, but but like he, like he's like truly like paved the way and changed so much. And how could you hate that? Like, yeah, you know, he's like you know and just guitar legend. Like he's, oh yeah, he could never. Apparently, he couldn't sing and play guitar at the same time. Yeah. But when he goes into his six solos, you're like, man, this guy is a guitar god. Yeah, and he, if, he, if he does the turlet stuff afterwards, that's fine. Yeah, I know it was a song, Enema Bandit, something about the Enema Bandit. Oh man, I mean, that, I that mean, hope so. why why not? Why not? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, well, why not? I'm not anti that either. No, I mean he was he was writing uh, orchestral compositions for people when he was um, in like high school yeah. and uh, early college and stuff. And I, he's just a music genius. Oh, undeniable. Whatever you think about him, undeniable. Like just he knows his stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't. At the same exact time that I was working at the oh, library, I see a record. Uh, I discovered, and my dad was really big into prog rock. So as soon as I started like bringing some of this, that's stuff a home, natural bridge from the Zappa into the prog. Yeah, yeah. So I I disco- I was shelving my CDs. Yeah. I came upon Genesis selling England by the pound. Yeah. It's a 1974 release, or 1973 yeah. actually. My record tells me right here when, uh, when old Pete Gabriel was in. There. Oh yes, the Peter years. Those are my favorite years. Of course. Uh, and so. Having and then when I brought this home, my dad was like, "Oh my gosh, Prague! This is my <laughs> wheelhouse." Yeah, uh, and started pulling out all this stuff for me, like the King Crimson, the ELP, yeah. all that, all that jazz. But uh, this album blew my mind when I when I heard it uh, for the first time. That's Dan- such a sweet album cover too. What a nice little painting! Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. Yeah, uh, the same artist designed a bunch of the early Peter uh, Gabriel Genesis era uh, album covers. Um, so if you like this artwork, peep, yeah. the, peep some of the other ones yeah. like Nursery so, Crime. What are the songs on there? Uh, so it starts off also, again, strong way to start an album. It starts at acapella. Oh, it's 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 like gets your the most attention. Confident way to start an album. Yeah, Peter Gabriel like, comes in and he's, they know they got it. They oh, know yeah. they got you. That's the thing. He's like, can you tell me where my country lies or whatever? Yeah, and it's like acapella. And it, so yeah, first track, "Dancing with the Moonlit Night," blew my marbles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the whole thing is great. There's like one kind of like what I would say maybe stinker. And it's the Phil vocal song. Oh boy! I know he every single album really that, that speaking uh, of early Phil. It's, yeah, every single Peter Gabriel era Genesis album has one song on it where Phil Collins sings every yeah. single one, and it's he's like proving like oh like also I'm not just a drummer like yeah. I can also sing. And, and let me tell he did prove. Yeah, hey, about a decade later. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a no Phil j- hater. No Jack required. That's right. No Jack required. Yeah. 
no jacket required. Uh, <laughs> then, yeah, then there were three. I mean, <laughs> and then he, did, then he uses the Genesis name to like make the kind of you know more like land of confusion and you know, yeah, and, obviously not proggy songs, but you know, yeah, '80s rock radio songs. And some of that I love too. Uh, when I was younger, I got all like snobby, and I was yeah. like, no, just the Peter years. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, that's always a thing, like Weezer too. It's like, like all oh, only the first two Weezer albums, and then they got pop. You know, but no, but fun. that's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> true yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Genesis went on to just go crazy for like the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Trespass is a is a un. Um, underappreciated album. Nursery crime. All the stuff. Nursery this, crime. Great title. Yeah. Listening back now, like it's it certainly is like a little bit of that dated seventies prog sound, but like I like that. (laughs) I mean, like that that adds to it though, because yeah, it's it's not going to be anything other than from that time period. Yeah, I mean, you know me to be uh, more of a prog head than I would like to admit. (laughs) That's fine, (laughs) but it's okay. Uh, Also, okay, so let's move on. Same period. Same period. Library Helen. Library Helen. Uh, cruising through the CDs with my little fingers, uh, yeah. I came upon Brian Eno's Here Come the Warm Jets. Oh. Uh, turns out... That's an album I do really know. No? No, I do know. Sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Thank God. No, no of course. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> uh, but yeah, once again, my dad had it. Um, and uh, this copy that I'm holding right here, this actually yeah. was my All dad's. All striking cover. And yeah, that Eno record. Yeah. Here come the warm jets. I would say front to back, just flawless. Also just, I mean, when it starts, uh, like, I guess I'm really into strong starts of yeah. albums. Well, strong start and finish. Because yeah. sometimes, like, you know. Uh, the, don't don't want to peter out. No. I mean, you got to leave that lasting impression. So that last song needs to be also, like, fairly what, solid. What, what opens? What comes to work? Needles the in the camel's eye. Of course. Uh, well, incredible. Best. Like, it's just, like, bang. It, like, just, like, starts with a hard start. Yeah. Um, of course, baby's on fire. Oh yeah, that With Robert Fripp. Speaking of your, your oh. prog, the prog connection. Oh god, Robert Fripp's guitar solo in there. Like I am always waiting for it. Even still, you want to talk like, mind expanding moments? Yeah. Listening to that for the first time. Oh man, yeah. I remember. Um, I remember the first time actually like showing this to my boyfriend at the time. Yeah, and being like, "Wait till you hear this." <laughs> uh, and, no, truly. Yeah, seriously, and yeah, of course, baby's on fire was the song that hit me real hard right off the bat but then there's like kind of sleepers like cindy tells me it's just like oh um and then i love on some faraway beach the crescendo of that album Mm. or that song is just like unreal chef's kiss incredible finishes off with the title track here come the warm jets and it's just oh so uh i i would have to say this might be my favorite album of all time i mean what a what a pick i mean you can't go wrong yeah so those are those no, are library Helen. No, no duds. No no duds, right? Yeah. Uh, those are three of my uh, big library Helen the, picks. To quote the Sum Forty One album, "All killer, no filler." That's what I'm trying to like live my life by. Glad to connect Sum Forty One, Brian Eno. That's what yeah. I'm trying to do here. <laughs> hey, I mean you're almost almost there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love trying to find a connect between those two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Highbrow, lowbrow. That's my thing. That's right. Uh, I guess, so kind of moving on through my stack here. Are um, we still in library? Or are we moving to an, a new era? This is still during my library, Helen, period. But I didn't discover this at the library, I don't think. Okay. Actually, that's not true. I may have. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, in high school, I hung out with uh, a lot of metalheads. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw some people wearing the Judas Priest pass patch, like patches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And striking. Striking logo. And like, it just sounds so like rockin'. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Cause I mean, I mean, like, I'm come from like Christian school. Like, you know, Judas Priest. Yeah. From, from, from the Bible of A. Well, I watched Jesus Christ Superstar, oh. uh, should I say, religiously. A. A-L-W. <laughs> uh, so it was like, Judas Priest, like, that sounds so badass. And I went to also Catholic school, so it was yeah. kind of like, oh. like oh, and- this, is a, this is a subversive. Yeah. So I was like, hey, sign me up. I'm pretty sure I actually did find some priest. It was probably like a greatest hits or something in the yeah. library. Uh, yeah. And immediately was blown away by Rob Helford's vocals. One the theatrical presentation and just great voice. I, I think I like One theatrics. The, yeah. I mean, you want, you want a show, Helen. Yeah. You want a show. I mean, look Who at the guy. I mean, yeah. So I just you, opened you, up. You, you fork your hard-earned dollars and you go to a show. You want to see a show. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so Judas Priest, I brought in the album Screaming for Vengeance. Um, Talk about striking covers. Oh, striking covers is right. Just kind of describe no, describe this for people not familiar. So it kind of looks like a transformer, uh, like eagle or like, yeah, like a bird. bird of prey. Yeah. Uh, and like the logo, the Judas Priest like popping out, that kind of. Yeah, there's so much like movements going on with the way that it's almost it's, like you've got like one of those classic like 3D glasses you put them on. Like, yeah, but yeah, they're popping up at you. The artist, uh, the artist's name is uh, Doug Johnson. He also did the album cover for Defenders of the Faith, and a uh, oh, couple of my favorite album covers of all time. Very very cool, and the colors, yellow, red, yeah. some turquoise very in there. Good. So, so good. So what's on there? Uh, so this one, this is the one that I just listened to over and over and over. It's got, it starts off with the Hellion. I mean, Hellion. Hellion. <laughs> I was like, oh, can I change my name to Hellion? <laughs> uh, goes into Electric Eye, Riding on the Wind, Bloodstone, Take These Chains, Pain and Pleasure. What a way to, to oh. end side one. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah, this is, oh, and like last track, Devil's Child. Oh my God. This is just incredible. So I got, I got heavy into Rob Helford and Judas Priest. Uh, it goes heavy and just, but again, his pipes are just incredible. Very great, like melodic metal. Yeah. Which I like. And what an interesting band too, because if you go back to like 1975, 1976, like he's like full of this like hippie, like with flowing locks and ponchos and like capes and (laughs) uh, bell bottoms. And they, yeah, they kind of look a little bit more like Deep Purple. uh, Yeah. But like Sad Wings of Destiny era, like also an incredible album. Um, uh, but yeah, it was kind of once it got into like a bit more of the early eighties, like I think this album's 82, mm-hmm. uh, that I was really like, that's, that's yeah. to me the sweet spot. Um, now we're really g- pushing, you know? Yeah. Living after midnight. Oh man. I know. 
give it all to me. <laughs> <laughs> I I went. Uh, I did see Judas Priest play live. Oh yes, get into this. It's a great story. I is it? I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm saying I'm the host. Okay, it's episode fifty. I can say. Okay, I'm gonna just have to make it up. It was actually a really dull experience. <laughs> I'm gonna have to like make something up here. <laughs> No, but I actually, uh, they played Lethbridge, I think it was in, like, 2016 or something like that, and just, like, drove out after work. Uh, Okay, actually, Adam Camus picked me up at work. Let's shout him out. Let's shout Shout out out Adam Camus, most of the failed pilot head honcho here at CJSW. Adam picked me up from work because he's also a huge Judas Priest fan. Yeah. And we were like, oh, my God. We, like, kind of have to go. This is, like, an, a yeah. weeknight. It was, like, a Tuesday or Wednesday yeah. night. And so it was, like, awkward timing. I don't drive because I just don't know why, but I don't. Right. <laughs> I don't have my license. It's okay. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's a safe space. It's a safe space. Yeah. All you other non-licensed people out there, you're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Adam picked me up after work. We drove to Lethbridge. Yeah. We got, like, Edo Japan. Oh, man. Uh, I remember personally slamming in like a Colt 45 for some reason because I thought that I mean, would be you're funny. Go- you're going to Joe's Priest. I thought it would just be funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the parking lot, like heavy metal parking, parking lot. lot. All time classic. <laughs> uh, and then we had great seats. We we're right on the floor. And it was an incredible in performance. Lethbridge. In Lethbridge, Alberta. They didn't even come to Calgary. Hell I didn't it. even go to Edmonton. You know what? You're living after midnight. I was. You're living after midnight. I was living before midnight. Before and after. And then I was living after midnight. It was <laughs> yeah. crazy. Well, that's, that's all time. That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. It was, it, was, it was an incredible performance. Uh, I've heard that from other people who have seen them in recent years that they still slay. Yeah. Uh, so that was a dream come true to like finally see this band. I'm talking about like, an, like imagine like more like an intimate kind of Lethbridge kind yeah. of place. Yeah, opposed, which is just perfect. It was small because there. Imagine with Rob Halford, he's the kind of person like doesn't matter which town or city he is in, he's going to give it his all, no yeah. matter where. Oh, totally. Yeah, like he came in like on a motorcycle at one point. Yeah, and it was just like, oh, look at this guy. Perfect. Living, living after fifty. <laughs> Speaking of fifty, is that oh, what's beautiful transition? Ah. What, what were you saying? I'm oh, sorry, killed your transition. No, I mean it's someone's fiftieth uh, show birthday. Yeah, 50 and Fabulous. 50 and Fabulous. I'm here. Here yeah. we are. And, you know, yes, and, you know, I have, by the way, to do a, a reset, I got Helen Young from the Future Language here, Fridays 2 to 4 p.m. She's going kind of through her seminal favorite albums, and, you know, where we just have gone to Jewish Priest. And so what's next? Yeah, okay, well, I don't know. I don't have much to say about this one other than I listen to it I mean, that, a that, lot. You want to talk about the word undeniable? I mean, Iggy and the Stooges, undeniable. Raw Power. It's uh, this was a this was a big influence on me as a teen. Um, I mean, it influenced people like in the seventies, and just it's like again a timeless album. Timeless. People discovering it now, it still hits. Yeah, I mean, even when you like, when you look at uh, side two, I need somebody, and then that goes into Shake Appeal. That's insane. Yeah, like uh, it's just a, it's a solid solid album. Don't have much to say except other than I listen to it a lot. Yeah, I mean classic. <laughs> yeah, so Iggy, Iggy, there you go. If this is if you have not listened to Raw Power, let this be let this be the motivation. You better search and then destroy oh. your ears uh, <laughs> on this album because sheesh kebabs. Absolutely. <laughs>
What's uh, next? So here we go. I pulled this oh. one out of the vault. And by when I say vault, I mean it was literally just sitting right there because <laughs> I had listened to it recently. A lot of connections here. <laughs> yeah. We talked with Brian Eno. He, so, he produced this album. He sure did. Uh, so we're getting so we another band of, you've seen. True story. Uh, man, we're keeping this nice and mysterious. Yeah, but we haven't even said the band. <laughs> no, this is radio. I just realized. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, so we sort of went through my like mo- kind of more pivotal. Uh, some of my pivotal teenage albums. I didn't really get into Devo until I was probably about uh, twenty. So a yeah. little, a little bit later than some of these other ones, but uh, yeah, Devo. I brought. Are we not men? I mean, the thing with Devo, and just this is my experience. So just you, you could say whatever, but just you hear Whip It, you're like, oh, this is like one of the '80s one hit wonders. Like it's something you know with like you know, fine young cannibals or something. Like it's in that bucket, yeah. And you don't even know. And then you discover that album. I never. I bought a CD of that album. You know, probably same age range and you're like oh my god they're the greatest yeah that's that's the thing i like people it's exactly those who know know um but i mean it's that whip it song i mean it's great but it doesn't uh hold uh what's the like what's the phrase that people use like a flame to yeah. the rest of the album I, I don't know if they did this line when you saw them but i apparently uh, mark Mud's book at one point when before he plays whip is like Oh, here's a song we've been working on. And then they go into Whip It. That's funny. That's actually... I like it. It's still, yeah, working title. A new song, yeah. Yeah. Well, Freedom of Choice, which that song oh. is on, is like every other song. Whip It's great. They put it right where it belongs in that on that album. But man, yeah. it's got like... Uh, I love Ton of Love. I like Snowball. It's just like, oh, so good. But I brought Are We Not Men. Um, starting yeah. off with Uncontrolled urge oh that's like outrage you want to flip a console listen to that yeah you want to go surfboarding surfboarding i want to go surfboarding yeah listen to uncontrolled <laughs> urge yeah uh yeah i don't know mark Motherspa. i so yeah great as, composer now too fantastic composer. composer he did a lot like some a lot Big of uh, notable um Soundtracks. Wessy. Wes. Yeah, I did like a lot of Wes Anderson. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tons Man. Of stuff. All the, all those guys. And what and then was it uh was it Jocko Homos on that too? Like, yes, sure it is. And was it like the was it the back to back with the other song? I'm blanking on the song. But the, uh it's Bongaloy goes into yeah, Jocko yeah. Homo. That is like you need those two back to back and yeah. just perfect. I know. It's one of those ones I was like, Oh, are we still allowed to say that word? But like, you know no. what? <laughs> we're just quoting this. We're just no. I mean, it's the name of the song, but it's uh, it's uh, certainly, it's a uh, one. Because no, it's just like a perfect one-two punch. It's an incredible song. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then shrivel up. Uh, did you ever get into like the hardcore Devo volumes one and two? No releases. Okay, I highly, I highly recommend those. I got into those yeah. a little bit I later. Really on. Like I also like I, I'm a big new traditionalist head which i know that's kind of a later one but i think okay it goes hard yeah i'll go back for that oh yeah and the most recent album that came out like 11 years ago sun for everyone that is true great stuff that's a great stuff don't, too don't shoot i'm a man oh man they okay so i yes i went and saw them play live in la last year november um 16th was yeah. the date and uh they played that song Ugh. and yeah the this was one of the best concerts of my entire life. I splurged. Because, I mean, again, they've meant a lot to you. For this, and just, just to see them. Yeah. 
And they're calling this a kind of like the final tour to boot. They called it their farewell tour. It was their 50, 50 year anniversary since yeah. uh, since they uh, kicked things off. And I thought to myself, Helen, you know, you really love this band. Yeah. Uh, would you kick yourself yeah. if you died you don't, you don't want and did not see them? Yeah, I don't want to. No. You know what? Some regrets are fine. But like. I mean, you're going to have regrets in your life. Sadly. Not sadly. To break Try this not to, to the listener. But, but yeah. But if you if you yeah, have an artist is in town or even if like they're in a decent way, like just, just yeah. do it. Jump on it. Because uh, this 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 went down in history as one of the best shows I've ever seen, yeah. uh, hands down. Similar to Judas Priest at their age. They can yeah. just oh. do an inc- commanding show. That's the thing. Their vocals, unreal. They're, they seem spry as hell running around yeah. the stage. Uh, they're tight. Holy moly. And like, was he like, more, it's like one of them was like early 70s too. Yeah. Like just, just to bounce around like that. That's right. Yeah. Oh, bouncing. I know. That's with, the thing. With the jumpsuits or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had uh, costume changes. Yeah. It was the whole whole nine yards. It was too, too cool. So I, uh, I had to bring in the Devo. Oh. Um, one, like, of the, one of the greatest bands. One of the greatest bands. One of the greatest bands. I mean, so much of the music that I listen to now is like basically Devo core. That's the thing. When I had a, a friend of ours, Jesse Locke on the show, he talked about like how Devo's ins- inspiring, like all these like egg punk. Oh yeah. And, like, these current generation, which is just, I find so heartening. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's like, it's, it's funny how it, they have inspired so much to the point where like now it is like kind of a sub, yeah. sub, sub genre Devo yeah. core. Incredible. <laughs> incredible. Loved, love to see it. Helen, what else is incredible? So, uh, something else pretty incredible. So, like, early 20s, um, I became friends with a real music nerd. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I actually purchased this album off of him and, uh, Last year, he asked if I would sell it back to him because <laughs> he regretted getting rid of it. He had regrets. He had regrets. Yeah. Um, so, listeners, uh, go see what? the show of your dreams when they are playing. And yeah. also, make sure you don't sell your favorite album to someone for $45. Yeah, yeah, truly. Um, or do. Whatever. I don't know. You know, I... This is leading into a bit. I regret this. I had the CD single of Korn's Did My Time, which was their theme song to the second Tomb Raider movie. Oh. Not a good song, but it was funny to have like the CD single of that. That is actually And funny. one person was like, oh, that's funny. Can I buy that from you? And I was like, sure. And now he's in like a, the UK. Oh. I don't, I don't know. So Are you going to send him a letter being I like. I think I should. <laughs> And he puts the thing. He's like, I don't know. I was like, that's funny. <laughs> How much did you sell it to him for? Like ten bucks. I mean, it was like, so I got like again. It's a CD single. So it's yeah. not like it's an album. It's, it's a dopey CD. But. <laughs> but as you know, I love my ephemera, like, like stupid things. I know, just, and I I do go to bat for new metal, so it just would have been fun for the theme song for the second Tomb Raider movie. I know, Angelina Jolie movie. Speaking of what's your niche, <laughs> that's pretty niche. <laughs> But the record, though. So I brought. Uh, so there's a, a German. There was a German group called Faust. Okay. Uh, this is their album so far, which is an incredible album. Uh, it's probably the most notable Faust song uh, is on here called "It's a Rainy Day, Sunshine Girl," um, yeah. who some bands have covered. I think uh, I what the heck was their name? There was a band uh, who put out an album last year and they did a cover of uh, "It's a Rainy Day, Sunshine Girl," and nice. it was like 
It was very, very good. Yeah. Kind of blew my mind. Um, but one of the nicest things about this particular UK pressing, um, thanks, Greg, <laughs> uh, is it has a folder inside. I'm pulling this out if you can see. Oh, my goodness. You want about beautiful paintings and the yeah. like? Every single song. And yeah, there's like you have multiple pieces of paper or like whatever you call that. Every single song has its own uh, piece of artwork. And there's like the lyrics back there. Or? And yes. Yeah, so let's see here. I think Man. it's just. Uh, and that's like that's like art. So, yeah. Every single every single song has its own. Uh, you should have them in a glass case or something. I know. Like a museum piece. It's a shame that they're so hidden away in this record, but as a record collector, you kind of have to keep everything together, in my opinion. Absolutely. I mean, no, that's absolutely. my style. Uh, so here we, here we are. I'm just, uh, I guess I, this is uh, radio, and I'm like just getting transfixed <laughs> like ASMR by ASMR channel, artwork. you're reading through that. <laughs> I know. But I think a different artist did a different painting for every single song on this album. And so, oh, so he's a different paint, pa- painter. Oh, man. Commissioned. Yeah. That's really cool. And when you listen to the song, and you look at the artwork. It really artwork, corresponds. It really corresponds. I like that one you just hold up. It almost looks like like Frank Sinatra's face or like a some like a guy like that. Just... Yeah, it kind of looks like Jack Nicholson Jack, in The yeah. Shining or something. Yeah. <laughs> With this like lady, a, a pained look. Yeah, this lady cool. like on this couch. That's a great. That's a great. It piece. is great. Um, this Faust. is an absolutely fantastic album. Uh, Faust so far. Uh, in my early twenties, I started getting into a lot of like kraut rock, and I think Faust oh, yeah. was one of my like intros. Um, I mean, aside from like Can and Noi and Tangerine Dream sure. and all that stuff. Uh, once I discovered Faust, it was like okay, game over. All bets are off. <laughs> yeah, all bets are off. Um, just yeah, absolutely wonderful band. Uh, and that's, that's I love that. Pretty pretty influential on my taste buds. What's next? All right. Last one that I brought in here. Uh, Chrome. Chrome. So San Francisco I thought, duo. That, was a, I thought it was an internet browser. <laughs> Sorry. The internet the browser was named after the band. Now you know. Take that to the bank. That's right. <laughs> Chrome, though. Chrome. Uh, they were a freaky ass half machine lip moves that's the album i brought in today half machine lip moves um they were a freaky freaky duo out of san francisco okay you could cite them as i don't know sci-fi punk what era is this uh this is i think half machine lip moves is about 79 okay um produced by damon edge so okay so the two of them there's uh uh, Helius Creed and Damon Helius. Edge. Yeah. Love, sorry. <laughs> I actually only like bands that have like, names that sound almost like. Hey, Helen. that's uh, that's close to me. <laughs> hey, it must be good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Helen of Troy, John Cale. Hey, I, I didn't know. bring that. I'm just sorry. I almost <laughs> like, did. No, oh my God. I, I do love. Um, shout out to John Cale. Shout out. <laughs> The problem is that my favorite song... Close to Brian Eno, so I'm just trying to connect everything. Yeah. See, I love to connect. Um, connect four. Connect four. <laughs> but you're talking about Chrome. Sorry so, for yeah, being a, I don't a rude know. host. I think there was like... I think they started off maybe with uh, three members, but it, those were the two kind of uh, main guys. And they went on to have their own solo careers as well uh, that were pretty good. As, pretty good. Um, yeah. But pretty, pretty freaky stuff. Again, when I discovered this, it was like... Uh, 
What, what, what kind of genre you're saying? Kind of I mean, I would say kind of like a sci-fi punk. It, sa- sci-fi it punk, sounds yeah. like you're like, again, it, having some horrible fever dream. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're like ripping through outer space. I mean, that cover kind of connotes a bit of that too. Kind, kind of, of freaky, right? Yeah. It's like a mummy kind of. It's kind of like a mummy. Mummified. Like, yeah, mu- mummified. Um, yeah. It is very sci-fi. It's It's... Um, some of this stuff has like a really nice beat to it, but then all of a sudden it'll just like yeah. lose it. Like, it's just like, it just goes off into you, like it's almost unpalatable in some kind of ways. Yeah. And then, uh, but the, the vocals are just what always kind of like drew me in even more, like more. So it's just like, so spooky. Yeah. Um, so Chrome, I got, got pretty into them. Um, this the- is your twenties, right? This is my early 20s. Um, I didn't bring anything beyond that because, like I told you, I kind of, like, fessed up. And I was like, you know what? I stopped liking music after 25. <laughs> no. It's, it's, it's not quite that dramatic. But, like, but, actually, but, when you, but when you think about, like, those are kind of the building blocks to, like, you know, the music you listen to today and all that stuff. Like, like these are kind of the guiding lights of, like, you know, you rate other albums that yeah. come out again, up against. Totally. And uh, don't get me wrong, like I told you, I changed my stack about five times last night when I was trying to think about like what oh, are yeah. the what are what were my sort of most uh, influential albums. There's a, yeah, it's a hard job, and I appreciate you 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 did it. I narrowed it down, yeah. uh, but I am totally lying when I say like I don't I stopped liking music of at twenty five. But I really do think that those ages, fifteen to twenty five, well, that, it's a different kind of liking. Though. Yeah, it was. I mean, like you obviously still like music and like into albums that blow your mind today. Oh yeah, but it's just a different kind when you're. I'm using the word impressionable. I mean, the nicest way possible. Like you're like you're getting a sponge. You're young. You're going from middle school, high school into the college years. Yeah, like you're just like wanting all the knowledge you can that's right and so of course yeah yeah the biggest impact oh yeah no big time i think that's the best way to put it is those were just much more impressionable years and those were years that were such building blocks that it just led into like i think shortly after 25 is when i started my uh started coming to cjsw and i had my Ah. i started the future language shortly after that and so my intake of music as you probably know like know as a radio host too like i i would be kind of a music nerd regardless um throughout the week just discovering new music and stuff but when you when you do have to program a radio show every single week like your intake of music does change yeah um and the your approach it does kind of change a little bit um especially if you have kind of like a genre somewhat specific Mm -hmm. program uh so and since you mentioned future language which is the name of your show but it's also a name of von elmo oh yeah let's I know you didn't bring him, but very briefly, because that's where the totally you're passing the baton. Hey, to. I like I like talking about that guy from yeah. the planet Stratzer. <laughs> uh, yeah, Von Elmo. Um, that's that's right. He had an album, Future Language, and at the time, I thought he was the coolest, uh, or yeah. right right up there. You're talking anyways. about futuristic or like yeah, kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's how I kind of uh, that's that's what I named my show after the future language um i i don't know i guess i 
was like trying to like give other reasons why that was a cool name but <laughs> at the end of the day it's a great it came, title and it, just again in terms of the kind of music you're trying looking for yeah to play. yeah and i don't know keeping yeah future language it's like kind of throwing back to uh weird, to old music but weird then fun music yeah. yeah stuff that was always a little ahead of its time kind of thing um off the beam path like a lot of certainly frank zappa that's right yeah he wasn't doing things in a normal way yeah and, th- and thank god for it thank god for it i mean a lot of that stuff it's pretty damn timeless it's still if it came out today people would be like confused as to what to do with it so um yeah i think you can't was... even say it's ahead of its time it's just like it's like it's just i don't know yeah what, what the do term you do with this yeah it's just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I thought like yeah, Von Elmo. If you haven't listened to the album Future oh, it's Language, it's like yeah, right up there, unbelievable, top notch, top uh, notch. Yeah, and he claimed he was from the, another planet. Which like anytime someone claims that kind of thing, I'm yeah, like, he's like a deep backstory, yeah, lore, which is very fun. Lore is he like also Jersey or some like East, like East, like not yeah, to, not to break. I think he was kayfabe here. Yeah, no, I think he was uh, from East, like, yeah, around the East Coast of uh, the States there. Yeah, there's a documentary on him that's excellent. Yes, you passed out. Yeah. Yeah. Great doc. Yeah, great doc. He was was probably not an easy person to be around, (laughs) (laughs) is what I gathered. (laughs) We just have the music. We have to be friends with him. That's right. Yeah. God bless you, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I want to be friends with Frank Zappa either. Like, you know, it's like, you know. Yeah, keep those people at an arm's length. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Difficult people make, you know, pretty good music. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean. Demanding, man. yeah, all that stuff. We love it. I love some of the stuff uh, that Frank did with Captain Beefheart, but I can't imagine what it would have been oh, like. Oh, my, those, the two, those, those two, two characters? <laughs> They couldn't work together after, like, <laughs> like I think I think Frank Zappa was trying to help out Captain Beefheart because he's like, I know you're so talented, but you just can't do figure things out. Take out your way. Yeah, you can't, like, yeah. And so, so he was, like, really trying, but I think it was, like, the two of them, like, such strong, creative personalities. That's such a funny, I'm talking about fly in the wall, if only you I can't witness even that. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Serious dream, dream of mine would be a fly on the wall with Captain and Helen. It was a dream of mine to have you on. What's your niche? Thanks for coming on episode fifty. Listen to Future Language every Friday, two to four in the PM, and all that good stuff. Thanks so much for having me. This was a dream come true, and happy fiftieth. Happy fifty, fifty and fabulous, always and forever. <laughs> The CJSW Friends Card is your guide to over 150 independent and local businesses across Calgary. Every day, we highlight a different local business that you can visit with your Friends Card. Today's friend is The Eden. The Eden is a family-owned and operated bistro located at 1219 9th Avenue in the heart of Inglewood. They're offering classic comfort dishes in a casual atmosphere. Offering tempting menus for dinner, lunch, and brunch, you are sure to find your next favorite. Check out some live jazz on Fridays and Saturdays, or swing by anytime to feel right at home. Bring your friend's card to receive 15% off your total bill. Get your friend's card today and check out the full listing of friends at cjsw.com slash friends.
will ruin your town. Your all the paranoid discussion. I hate to talk over this, but I'm kind of very close to the end of the show. This has been Goodman. What's your niche? Episode 50. CSW 90.9 is the station. You're currently hearing Chrome with March of the Chrome Police parentheses. A cold, clammy bombing, which is what he's saying on the song. A cold, clammy bombing. That's good. From their third album, Half Machine Lit Moves. One of Helen Young's selections of her favorite albums from her formative years. Thanks so much for Helen for coming on the show. Check out the Future Language every Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. on this very station. Uh, so it's going to be a good time. Uh, stay tuned for Soundstage Offstage. Uh, next episode in two weeks' time, March 7th, I'm going to have a major episode featuring two In The Red Records recording artists who both have albums out on Friday, March 8th, and who are also bandmates. Yes, I'm having on Charles Moothart, who's putting out his first proper soul album titled Black Holes Don't Choke. And uh, Chad Ubovic of Meat Bodies, who are putting out Floor Ocean Tiger Bloom. Uh, and both Charles and Chad are in the band Fuzz together with Ty Siegel, past guest. And I will break the fourth wall and say the interviews with Charles and Chad have already been conducted. Such a pleasure to speak to them, and I can't wait to share those interviews in two weeks' time on March 7th, the day before both of their albums are out. And we're going to wrap it up. On this show, wrap it up, I'll take it. That's a fabulous Thunderbirds. I'm not ending with that. That song rips, though. Uh, with the great Victrix, Mickey Jane and Chris Dadge, past guests on the show with Do You Know from the I Saw Me EP. I've been playing it for months on this show. It's one of my favorite releases. And uh, I can't think of a better way to close episode 50. Thanks so much for listening. This was your first episode. If you listened for all 50 episodes, which I can't imagine, I really sincerely appreciate it. And I'll talk to you again in two weeks' time. Take care.
You are listening to CJSW 90.9 FM, broadcasting out of Calgary, Alberta, at the University of Calgary Campus Radio Station, located on Treaty 7 land. I would like to take this opportunity to acknowledge the traditional territories of the people of the Treaty 7 region in southern Alberta, which includes the Blackfoot Confederacy, comprising the Siksika, the Pekinese, and the Kaina First Nations, the Tsutina First Nations, and the Stony Nakoda, including the Chiniki, the Bearspaw, and the Good Stony First Nations. The city of Calgary is also home to Métis Nation of Alberta, Districts 5 and 6. 